Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Alex, episode 100. Yes, <laughs> this podcast is part of the Batman Universe Podcast Network, and Dane, can you believe it? Episode 100. Uh, it still sounds strange saying that. <laughs> I don't know how we made it this far, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> kicked off, or... Uh, uh, they said we wouldn't last past episode two, but here we are. <laughs> this is like some weird... Some weird... I'll, alternate reality or something i mean this shouldn't be 100 episodes we shouldn't have gotten to 100 episodes <laughs> we proved the naysayers wrong if there were any naysayers i don't know but <laughs> we persevered and made it to 100 despite plenty of course plenty of batman topics but topics about random movies and actors from the 80s and pop songs and tons of stuff you'd never expect to hear on a batman podcast <laughs> <laughs> We made through it all. So, yeah, this is going to be a fun episode. Thanks to everyone who's uh, listened from episode one to now. Hope you've enjoyed it. And if we lost any listeners on the way, hopefully they'll come back, maybe post episode 100. <laughs> but uh, we wanted to do something a little special for this episode. So uh, we wanted to get uh, some of the old gang that you might be familiar with from past episodes. So I had a chance to catch up with uh, a few of the previous co-hosts that you may remember from episodes from long ago. So it was great to catch up with them. And we'll go ahead and send that over to that uh, part of our discussion now. So enjoy. <laughs> Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the special edition of our feature topic section of the Batman's 100th episode special. Yes, still kind of hard to believe that we made it to 100. And to celebrate that milestone, wanted to do something special. So I thought, what better way to do it than to catch up with some old friends and fellow co-hosts. And while we tried to get all our past co-hosts on here, unfortunately, life schedules and stuff doesn't work out for all of us to get together. But I was able to be joined by two voices you're going to be familiar with. First up, we got from Robin, Everybody Loves the Drake podcast, which I have to say might have the best intro out of all podcasts, I have to say. (laughs) Rob is back with us. Rob, welcome back. Yeah, that Miami Vice intro is killer. (laughs) (laughs) How's it going, Tim? Thanks for having me back on. 100, dude. Uh, congratulations on your Booster Gold podcast. That's awesome. <laughs> I think it was the Booster Gold uh, Plastic Man podcast for a while, if I remember correctly. So, I, <laughs> you're <laughs> Thank absolutely you, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also joining us, the very first voice you heard on episode one of the Bat Fans podcast, making his grand return, Gary. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It was very long ago, but uh, yeah. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for having me back. I, I heard this was going to be podcast expendables, though, and it's not. It's not quite that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, but but yeah, um, glad to be back. Yeah, definitely, man. Like I said, it's flown by. I mean, we started this in, oh, yeah. I believe, April 2012. I know definitely 2012, but the month I'm looking at the feed. April 20th. 2012. Oh, there you go. <laughs> of course, Dane uploaded it on 420. 
Yeah. <laughs> and down in Hawaii with his Pakololo. Yeah. <laughs> That's Hawaiian for weed. I learned that from Hawaii Five O, and I make fun of him for it. And uh, <laughs> it's a good time. <laughs> yeah, I, I miss the back and forth you and Dane used to have, Gary, going back with each other. <laughs> yeah, actually, I, I the reason I left Bat Fans was because we had made another podcast we started together that lasted all of like six episodes. Um, it was just called Skewed Off. We would just randomly, it was me and him and one of my other friends, and we would just tangent off on the things and have fun with it. Uh, but, you know, it was a little too freeform, and we just kind of fell off of on it, you know, and I felt bad about it. But, um, yeah, I was sad he couldn't be here tonight, but uh, had to had to throw in a little jab. Yeah. <laughs> for all time's sake, yeah. Yeah, just for fun. <laughs> so, yeah, so what we kind of wanted to do uh, for this discussion is, you know, take a look back some of our favorite moments, some of our favorite topics that we've discussed over the past 99 episodes, and then catch up with you guys and see what you've been enjoying in the Batman world these past few years and what we're looking forward to next. So, uh, Gary, I'll start with you. Going back to the very first few episodes, I mean, that was in the time period of us getting all hyped up for The Dark Knight Rises. So, yeah, what yeah. What some of your favorite moments from those early episodes? I remember a lot of our stuff back then was it was a uh, new 52 was still pretty new and big. Um, and that was one of our big things around that time. Um, and of course, Dark Knight Rises. I mean, that had to be, you know, as the conclusion of the trilogy is as fizzling out of an end. It was, you yeah. know, uh, it was it was still it was a big deal, you know, and we talked about that a lot. Um, I, actually, I was looking through the old shows a little bit earlier and one thing stuck out to me is something that happened to us a lot. It was the uh, the fifth episode. The first sentence of the description was, after five hours of internet problems, yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> the Bat fans had a chance. <laughs> that, that reminds me of us so much in those early days. We had so many internet problems. Um, but, you know, we always had fun. And it was a uh, – I've been missing talking to you guys, actually, because, um, you know, I, I haven't been following the Batman comics as much. Uh, you know, I've been slacking off on that a little bit. But uh, – Obviously, big stuff happened in the bat world, so you know, yeah, fun to talk about nowadays, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, that brings up a good point. We're actually, what was the last story arc would you say you left off in the comics? Because mm-hmm. I did want to ask you, like, how you've been enjoying what's going on in the comics, but if you haven't read them in a while, what was the last story? Well, I mean, I, I kind of loosely follow everything to kind of see what's going on, but very loosely, you know. Um, gosh, the last stuff I remember that was really big was the Court of Owls. Okay. I remember that wow. storyline. That was one of the last big ones I remember we were talking about a lot because um, that was kind of all-encompassing. Yep. And uh, still even had some effects today. You know, the Court of Owls are still mentioned every once in a while. It's still – it's from what I've heard, you know, it's not like it's, they totally vanished, right? Or have they pretty and much? They just came back in a big way this week. Oh, did they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I would have to say that's – from the at least in the Batman front on the new fifty two that might be one of the best new creations to come out of it, yeah, definitely, as far as like Batman villains, they're for me anyway already up there as top tier of Batman's Rose gallery, and mm-hmm. I think during the middle, like afterwards when you had the Talon mm-hmm. um, ongoing series, I kind of felt maybe it's being a little too overused, kind of you know taking advantage of the success and the hype around them, it kind of maybe lessened their specialness in a way, but mm-hmm. I would feel not. I'll probably ask you about this later, Rob, as far as how they're being introduced now in the yeah. stories. But if they were just in that first Court of Owl story arc in Snyder's first run in the 52 and now just brought back, I think that would have been a pretty cool gap as far as, you know, having yeah. that space and then you're yeah. back and everyone's ready for a new cool Court of Owl story. So, 
Well, it disappoints me that it seems like, from what you guys are saying, that it's been a little overplayed after the first initial run. Because um, part of what I remember we liked about it so much was that they did a really good job of weaving it into the history of Batman comics, mm, exactly. but also keeping it mysterious. You know, and there was still always kind of that level of uh, not really being fully sure what's driving them, where they're coming from, and you know if they could be stopped, even you know, and all this stuff. Uh, you know, things like that were kind of weaved in there very well. So I guess they kind of maybe overplayed it a little bit afterwards. But um, yeah, I really I remember that one being a really big deal. But that was like I said, that was like the first story run. So mm-hmm. yeah, so I think for the Court of Owls anyway, that was definitely. I mean, for us as a podcast to get going with comics to review, I mean, you couldn't ask for a better, better oh, storyline yeah. yeah. to talk about. I mean, we got that, and then you had Dark Knight Rises in the middle of it. So yeah, yeah, they talked about hitting the ground running too for the yep. New Fifty Two with a good story. You know, mm-hmm. that, that was exciting for us. <laughs> One thing I remember too, Gary, were a few episodes where before we got you on the call, me and Dave would be talking and. Oh, let's try to trick Gary and tell him we got spoiled on the Dark Knight Rises, and we tell him the ending. One time, oh, sorry, Gary, did you hear? Like, Batman dies in Dark Knight Rises. And I forget, like, there was some crazy reason, and you didn't buy it for a second. <laughs> like, well, that didn't work. After all that, trying to make it good and believable. <laughs> See, if Dane had left the call and it was just you, maybe I would have been believing it better, you know. But with Dane being there, I knew it was a joke. Yeah. Right away. <laughs> Like, I know Dane's up to something. Like, wh- okay, what's the real story, guys? What's going on? <laughs> he's got such a dead giveaway, too. And he's like, hey, did you hear something about The Dark Knight Rises? You're like, all right, what is it? Yeah. <laughs> Don't believe it. Exactly. <laughs> he used oh, to work man. on his poker face. <laughs> or poker voice. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, which is funny, because I never actually, I've only seen his face once. But, you know, he's <laughs> Awesome. How about you, Rob? What was some of your favorite uh, topics or episode moments from when you were on episode 38 uh i think was the longest episode i was ever on and it was with joe and i'll say one word jinxy cat <laughs> that's right <laughs> dane kept calling joe from the batman universe you know uh, the home for this podcast kept referring to him as like jinxy cat or jinxy joe or joe jinx <laughs> jinxy baby him. i think is what it was Shit. Yeah, Jinxie yeah. Babe, and it, it just was, like, relentless. I remember looking up at the clock, you know, for for me, I'm like, it's, you know, it's 10, 10, 16 right now as we're recording this call. And I remember looking up at the clock at one point. I'm like, I think it's 2.30 in the morning, and my wife walks by. She's like, are you coming to bed? I'm like, we haven't even hit the comics yet. That's right. <laughs> I remember, too, because that's when we had the – DC was doing their Villains Month. Oh, yeah. There were so tons of comics that that episode. Like, <laughs> I think Terrence bailed out that that episode as we got, you know, into the comics part of it. And I just thought, oh, my gosh, I, I, I've, I'm going to stay through through this. I don't care how late it is because I want to see how this is going to end. Yeah. <laughs> I just remember hanging up from that call going, oh, my God, I think we're going to get kicked off the Batman universe. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a lot of nights like that. <laughs> It was fun though because it was yeah. um you know we we would goof around and some nights would get really late and as both of you guys know that would always be the worst part when you would hit a stretch with a night with a lot of comics to go through yeah. and we hadn't even gotten there yet and everybody had to give their own score and you know it, it takes time just to get through that you know none of the, I love the comics as much as anybody else but it was so funny that like you get to that point like halfway through and you would be having such a good time but you'd be like wow you know <laughs> it's it's really <laughs> late here especially nights when we had to like 
coordinate Hawaii and uh, UK as two ends of the call, yeah. you know, and it would get really late sometimes, but it would just be such a blast. I'd be like, I have to stick this through. I can't leave in the middle. <laughs> yeah. And there was always that part. I was always thinking with some clever editing, why don't we do the comics first? Cause we know we're going to, we know we're going to have such a blast later, but <laughs> you know, that I think that was always the, the fun part of it. And sometimes you would see the featured topic and you'd be like, Oh, this is going to be pretty easy. You know what, what's your favorite Batman, you know? And then we would just talk for a couple hours. Two on, hours later. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> two hours, and, that, those conversations, I I never ever felt like we are completely wasting time here. We're just talking. I never felt it was just talk for the sake of talk. It was like, all right, I'm talking with a group of guys. We all love the all love this subject matter so much, and we can we could talk about how many points are on Batman's cape and have an intelligent mm-hmm. conversation. That's what I what I always loved about the show. Yeah, so you guys hit the nail on the head. This made it so fun. I mean, you could just go on. Uh, you could start on one topic and then go off in a totally different direction, <laughs> but yet it, it makes sense in the flow of the conversation. It'll all come back together, like you said. And Dane loves his tangents, too. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's... It's, it's, he and I both loved tangents, and we would both <laughs> like entertain each other with our tangents, and then it would just make it so long. And I, I always remember there would always be one person at least speaking up, like, hey, guys, come on, we got to keep going. <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> you know. If there's one uh, staple of our show, I have to say it would be random tangents that have nothing to do with Batman, but yet are so fun to talk about. I mean, the conversations <laughs> me and Dave would have about Jaws or Jurassic Park and <laughs> different, like, old 80s actors in movies or musicians and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's just so fun. But And Dane would always get so mad if I would make a Smallville reference about anything. That's right. <laughs> because I would always connect it. Because like a lot of things happened DC connected wise that, you know, Smallville and it was a big thing for me. I watched all of it. You know, and so I would every once in a while pop in a reference and be like, God dang it, another Smallville reference. Yeah. Really scary. I'm like, I've only made one in like a whole week. Like, come on, man, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> so mad. And I'd eventually have to like sneak them in, and then he'd be like, Oh man, he got it in. <laughs> <laughs> Dane, and isn't it Dane? And, ways. <laughs> and isn't it Dane that doesn't want to know what you're drinking? Because if that, if that's the case, I'm drinking diet cherry Pepsi. He'd be like, I, I don't need to know what you're drinking. Like, you like, oh, I got my water. He's like, I didn't ask. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, but you're bringing up a uh, small film, Superman, Gary. This is something I've been dying to talk to you about for a while now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because uh, you left before uh, Man of Steel came out. I mean, we talked a little bit when it came out and before then, but mm-hmm. I've been wanting to hear, I mean, your take on Man of Steel and just how you think. DC is setting up this version of Superman and the whole DC movie universe coming up now. So I'll let you have the floor for a little bit. <laughs> All right. Um, I really liked Man of Steel um, and settling on it a little more. The one thing I really didn't like, which I think was a lot of people's problem was that he killed in it. Mm, okay. um, and they made that kind of the point of the movie is that, you know, the, the, the climax, I guess, um, you know, and there was a lot of other people that had other issues with it. To me, I'm able to take it as its own thing. And, say that it keeps kind of the heart of Superman, but updates it. Uh, you know, I wish it, everything didn't have to be so dark. Um, but aside from that, I, I liked it. I, I hope they add a little more humor coming up. Um, or at least something to make it more than just dour. Mm. You know, not everything has to be in the same tone as Batman is basically mm. what I'm saying. <laughs> um, you know, Suicide Squad, you know, okay, that that's more of a Batman kind of style tone. That makes sense to me. Uh, you know, but moving forward, I hope they get a chance to show a little something else other than just, uh, you know, 
sadness and anger. <laughs> I, I don't know. Um, I gotcha. But, but I, I like it a lot. And I, I, I mean, what have you guys been saying? I'm sure Dane hates it. So that's funny. First time we both saw it, Dane sent me a text like, what did I just watch? <laughs> Not like this. But then when it came out on Blu-ray, he's like, I love this movie. <laughs> so he had a complete 180 on it. And for that's me... Funny. I, I loved it right away. I get what you're saying, too, about how it's Superman shouldn't be as dark as mm. Batman. But for what they were, the story they're trying to tell in this movie, I really like the tone of it. And as far as the whole thing with him killing Zod, I mean, of course, that's such a jarring thing to see Superman do <laughs> on yeah. screen. But I thought it made sense in the story that they were telling in that version of Superman. And I think what Snyder said before, like after kind of like the setting off point and the reason why he won't kill again. And right. what sold it for me was his reaction afterwards, like how he was so devastated yeah. that he had to do that. So like, okay, I'll buy it for this version of Superman that they're trying to tell. And another thing a lot of people got upset about too is the destruction of Metropolis and all yeah, that. Yeah, which I don't agree with actually. But, <laughs> I, but I mean, one person said this once and after that it totally clicked with me and I was fine with it. That was literally his first time out. As exactly. Superman. That's, That's what I was going to say. Yeah. It's yeah. the first time he ever even put on that suit, you know, much less to actually like go do anything with it really, you know, and flying and all that stuff. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I get, I get that there's a lot of people that want to have problems with things in general, you know, but, uh, I, I think it looks good. And, um, so now I'm curious, I guess for your guys' take, what do you guys think of Batman v Superman so far from what we've seen? Yeah, Rob, I'll let you go first because <laughs> one thing we were talking about on previous episodes is about how badly we wanted Batman suit to be the classic comic book oh, black cow yeah. cape, gray body part of the suit, and boy, that delivered. But I want to hear your take on it. <laughs> I I think that was one of the last conversations I had with you guys. Um, we were in um, the New Fifty Two. A zero year, right in the very very beginning. Uh, once I broke off, and I think. I think we were, you know, hearing about Batman versus Superman, and I can't remember if um, they had announced Ben Affleck at that time. If we knew, I think we, I think we knew. We were talking about yeah, because I believe know, he was announced in like August 2013, something like that. Yeah, okay. But I I can remember on the show saying I am sick and tired of seeing the black bat suit. I know in No Man's Land he had a black suit, but. I think that has been one of the big sticking problems I had in a lot of the Batman movies, you know, the Dark Knight Rises and, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy and the 89 film and, and all of that. I was like, the costume's wrong. The costume's wrong. I don't want to see that. <laughs> and getting to see that first shot, a first colored shot of Ben in the outfit, I was like, done. So yeah. <laughs> uh, here, here's my money. Um, it, it could be the crappiest film in the world, and I'm just going to ooh and ah over the costume. Um, I'm I'm totally psyched for it. Um, ben was kind of like the like oh okay, but <laughs> I can remember hearing Michael Keaton's name in '89 and going Beetlejuice is going to be Batman. How stupid yeah. is that? And once <laughs> I saw that first trailer, I'm like, good, take my money. You know, I remember everybody was like, what Mr. Mom is playing Batman? Yeah. What, like what what's going on here? You know, and then he blew everybody away and. I mean, I got to be honest, everything I've seen from Ben in the trailers, especially his Bruce, is just on point. Yep. Yeah. Like, so everything good. looks great. I mean, yeah. pretty much, I think Kevin Smith said this one, so I'm kind of stealing from him, but pretty much anybody can play Batman. You know, you got a grunt in a costume. You know, it's a full face mask. I mean, you can elevate it and make it better, but Batman isn't hard to play, but Bruce Wayne, 
you know, you, that's really the main face of Batman. You know, that's mm-hmm. what you're actually going to see the actor as, as instead of just a costumed hero. Um, you know, so it's nice to really see that, you know, that, that whole, uh, back and forth with him and Bruce, uh, with Bruce and Clark, sorry, in the party, like that yeah, whole little yeah. back and forth, the tete tete thing is so cool. Um, yeah, I don't know, I'm, favorite I'm parts sick. of the trailer actually <laughs> for that last yeah. one. I mean, you nailed it, Gary. That conversation they both had was just something as Batman fans and Superman fans we've been wanting to see in live action for so long, and they man, they hit it on the head with that. Especially that uh, Joker tease <laughs> when he took yeah. Tom yeah. Clark. Oh, it was so cool. And I loved that line that he's you know saying something about the Joker, but is basically insinuating. You know, Superman is also a clown mm-hmm. in a costume, yep. which is like, mm-hmm. oh, man. And yeah. then hearing his little, you know, when Lex introduces himself, you can tell like, oh, Lex and Bruce have a history because his very dismissive, like, hi, Lex. Like, yeah, <laughs> here, here, here comes the guy across the room. You know, I've got to be nice in front of the reporter. I was like, that's that's brilliant, you know. But yeah. speaking of Lex Luthor, what are you guys taking on the? Uh, Jesse Eisenberg's performance of him <laughs> so far. So people who've I, heard our past episodes know what I feel, but I want to hear what you guys think. I don't, I don't mind it because I don't think he's w- one-dimensional. I think this is his mask. We're not seeing like, hi, I'm this, I'm this crazy guy, kooky guy. <laughs> he shuts the doors and like, let's kill Superman. I hate that guy. I hate that. You know, I think that's going to be. You know, that's his outward persona that he's doing for the press. And behind closed doors, it's the Lex Luthor means business. And I've, you know, I have my father's company now and it's all me, 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 I, I, I. So I I think we are not seeing the full scope of Lex. And, you know, I heard somebody say, it might even be Kevin Smith, you know, we just saw, you know, two minutes and 45 seconds of a trailer and there are still, you know, two hours and 50 minutes that you haven't seen or, you know, whatever the the chunk of changes. So I think there's going to be uh, at least another layer, if not different layers of Lex Luthor. So that's, that's my take on it. How yeah. about you, Gary? I, I think, I think Rob's right. I think they're going to have some other layer to him that we haven't seen yet. Um, and I know Eisenberg himself, I think he said in an interview, something that I saw the other day that uh, something on the lines of the scene where he's shaving his head or, you know, being bald for the first time is a really pivotal emotional moment. That was part of what sold him on playing the character. And he said that scene was one of the favorite scenes he's ever acted. And it has like an intensity to it. And I I don't know. I just feel like there's going to be something else, but I also feel like even if that is the case, it's a weird choice to market him as such a goofy, you know, same yeah. kid from Social Experiment or Social Experiment is that the movie? What was that Social it Network? Social Network. Network, right? The Facebook movie. But I mean, just so quirky and up in your face. And I, I get that they also want to distance it from previous Lex Luthers, but I, I don't know. I, yeah, I think it was a little of a weird choice. See, that's the thing where you said they want to try to distance it from other Lex Luthers. To me, it's the same thing that we've gotten before with Gene Hackman and Kevin <laughs> doing the more comedic take on Lex. Yeah, Luthor. I guess that's like, true. I'm waiting just for that deadpan serious intimidating lex luthor that we've seen in uh, superman the animated series and even Mm -hmm. in smallville too with michael rosenbaum in the later parts of the show where to me that's lex and i if i could accept it if at the start of this movie he's acting what we're seeing in the trailer is all goofy and all that and like you were saying gary at the end where something happens and once he loses that hair he loses that personality too and then (laughs) he becomes that 
dead serious yeah. like so if it goes that way i can live with it but if not it's gonna take a little bit getting used to <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, i mean that's what i'm hoping is that because i mean otherwise you know i don't think jesse eisenberg is the type of guy that would just sign up to play quirky gene hackman style lex luther the whole movie you know i don't think he would be willing to do that um, there's got to be more in it for him character wise yeah yeah definitely and i think we're going to see more of that but it just worries me a little bit that he's going to be hamming it up most of the movie because they've also um, kind of going back to what you said, Rob, about how people say they gave it away so much of the movie, but it was only three minutes of it so far. Um, yeah. But DC also went even further to say that it's not following the act structure of the movie. So you might think you know what's going on, um, you know, but everything you've seen is all kind of out of order. And he's, they say there's a, a whole separate part of the movie that we haven't seen yet, basically. So I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do with it, but uh, I'm just glad we're getting more movies and they're actually putting time and effort and money into them. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly. Finally, finally that they're catching up to Marvel. <laughs> what I'm excited about. Let's get the yeah. shared universe up and running. <laughs> it took it's a not just up. Flash and Arrow we have to talk about anymore. Hopefully we'll have <laughs> you know yeah. decent movies to boast about too. I mean, I I just can't believe I'm going to be sitting – it was one thing to be sitting in the movie for Star Wars and going, oh, I can't believe I'm seeing a Star (laughs) Wars movie again. I I think this is going to be something completely different of like – I've seen Star Wars movies. I've seen plenty of them and have joined them – enjoyed. It's a hard word to say. Uh, But to sit in a theater and see Batman and Superman in the same scene together is going to be like, I've been waiting for this since I was – Five years old, you know, yeah. and it's time of me playing with my action figures and now seeing those action figures live on screen, I, I think it's just going to be amazing. So I know, I mean, that new clip that they showed on Conan a few nights ago. Oh, that ago, was so good. It, yeah. I mean, just seeing those two characters have a conversation with each other on screen and total geek out moment. It was so cool to finally see that. Yeah, we see little like shots of it in the trailers we got, but this is like a full scene of a full sequence of them talking to each other, and mm-hmm. it just looks so awesome. <laughs> that was something – I'm glad you brought that trailer up. I, I, you may. I wanted to ask you guys a question. Uh, what did you think – I heard Kevin Smith say this uh, early on once we saw you know, like that very first trailer, and maybe even not. He said what they need to do for Batman's voice is do what they're doing over an arrow. Give him a voice modulator so you don't have to have the Christian Bale, where's the trailer? Yeah. yeah. You know, so – those first trailers that we saw, we thought, oh, that modulated voice must be, you know, the armored bat yep. suit. And now seeing that it's actually the main bat suit as well, what do you guys mm-hmm. think of of the modulated uh, costume voice? Uh, for me, it took me by surprise actually when I first heard it mm-hmm. from the normal bat suit. I was like, oh, okay, I thought that line was from the armored costume, like you said, Rob. But when first of all, I like how it sounds. I think it sounds awesome. It just took me by surprise when I was expecting it to sound, you know, just a normal uh, Batman voice without a modulator or anything. Because I thought in the final trailer where he has Superman, like, oh, I thought she was with you, it didn't sound quite as modulated. I have to go back and watch it to see if if it is more like it or if it isn't. But that line, "Do you bleed? You will." You can tell it's heavily modulated. So it did take me by surprise when I mm-hmm. heard that same tone come out of his mouth when he was just in his normal cape and hell. But <laughs> I still like it. I think it sounds awesome. So it while it was a little, I guess, jarring maybe is the wrong word because I still like it. But it just took me by surprise and wasn't expecting it when I first heard it. But I like it. It, it kind of reminds me in a much better version, by the way, I do like it. I'm just going to throw that in there first, but um, 
when I, I was covering actually Dark Knight Rises, they had a special event near me that I got to go to because of this podcast um, where they showed that special IMAX footage for the Dark Knight uh, Rises, that special mm. – the the tr- um, not the train, the plane uh, hijack scene, yeah. you know, um, and they had that clip, you know, and I saw it maybe – I don't think a month, maybe a few weeks before it came out, you know, attached to whatever movie it was. And so I went and go, went to saw it and – the Bane voice was just so strikingly like mm. you couldn't make any sense of it at all. That was the one real complaint I had with it. Otherwise it looked awesome, but I literally couldn't understand what Bane was saying half the time. And, um, they ended up supposedly they went back and cleaned up the voice a little bit later, which is why it's because uh, everybody was making such a fuss about it. I remember. Um, mm. but I like this a lot. I agree with what you said, Rob. I think Kevin, I think Kevin Smith did say that because he, he made a point to say that I think a few times that it makes so much more sense to just have a constant voice modulator rather than having a guy growling when he's Batman, um, you know, constantly. <laughs> uh, although it did, you know, it made for some funny jokes, you know, every once in a while like that. Uh, oh, so that's how that feels. You know, that it's, <laughs> some stuff like that was kind of funnier because of the voice. Um, but it makes a lot more sense, especially in this day and age, to just have a little voice modulator attached to his suit at all times. So they never have to explain it. It's not something that has to be, you know, forcefully done all the time. It's just an effect they put on after, you know? Yeah. One question I wanted to ask you guys about the trailers for the movies. Which ones... I'll, I'll leave the first one out of it, but the trailer <laughs> that they showed at Comic-Con and <laughs> the latest one we got in December, which one do you think left the bigger impression on you? Because they're both great, but they're just something really special about that one that premiered at Comic-Con. That yeah. It was like a feeling I never really had before <laughs> the trailer, especially superheroes and Batman, because it was like, this is what I've been waiting for for so long. This is the Batman I've been waiting to see on screen, like straight mm-hmm. out of the comic books. And as much as I love the Nolan movies and mm-hmm. uh, Michael Keaton's Batman and those first two Tim Burton ones, this one is like take it to a whole nother level where as Batman comic fans was, it's pretty much ripping right out of the page and onto the screen. It just blew me away the first time I saw that second one. So I'm mm-hmm. curious if you guys have the same reaction or if you like the third one, maybe better. You want to start Rob? <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I really want to like the third one more, but, um, you can't you can't beat that Comic Con trailer. I think just for the the fact of oh my gosh, holy crap, there's Wonder Woman. You know, just the those moments that, that we got is just I I don't know. I I had the same reaction, just the like almost speechless. I just watched that trailer over and over oh, yeah. and over and over, uh, so much so that I wasn't watching the Star Wars trailer much anymore because i was like oh you know star wars yeah i'm excited about it. i don't mean to poo poo it because once star wars got closer i was watching like crazy tim uh, but oh, okay. you made it, it was that's good. yeah <laughs> but it, it was just that just the seeing those scenes like I, I was trying to freeze frame it as much as i could to get closer looks at batman mm-hmm. and seeing uh him uh, seeing him move and fight you know that we've never seen him yeah. move like that uh seeing him you know perched to the side of the building and you get the lightning bolt behind him and grapple off real quick. I'm like, Oh, Holy crap. He's grappling across space. It's, (laughs) it's not only out of the comic books. I was just playing this on Arkham city, you know, grappling around. It's, ah, I, yeah, it, that, that second one just did it for me. There could never have been another trailer after that. And I'd have been, I'd have been totally. I agree. I think that's, 
the main thing, like you said, Rob, the, the tone in that one is just also it's incredible. Um, I remember, like uh, Snyder said, uh, that these are modern myths. You know, these are our versions of the Greek legends, you know, and things like that. This is our modern mythology is these characters. And uh, and they really played that up and they gave it a very epic, cool, modern tone, um, which is mean, mainly my problem with the third trailer is that they switched up that tone by making it super comic booky with Doomsday slash Abomination slash whatever whatever random uh, Ninja Turtle GI monster yeah, yeah thank you uh, <laughs> I actually saw one thing they're like oh I knew I saw that somewhere and it was that version of Doomsday holding up the little uh, orange mask that Michelangelo does and yeah. they compared the faces of the two of them <laughs> I mean everybody's been making that joke he's just generic CGI monster you know at this point um, but you know that that was my main problem with it honestly because the first three quarters of that trailer. Like, like we talked about earlier, that scene with Clark and Bruce, you know, going mano a mano. Um, and there was some other cool stuff in there too, but the, the ending of that just kind of, even though I love doomsday, I love the idea of him as a character in the movies. Um, but I don't know, something off, something just took me out of that trailer a little bit. Whereas that first trailer, like you guys said, just sucked me in and I watched it a million times over. Um, so I got to give it to the comic con trailer, but uh, there was definitely some stuff in that third trailer that I really loved. So yeah, I mean, that whole end sequence with Wonder Woman and then seeing oh, yeah, the Trinity, all three of them together in one <laughs> shot. I mean, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> that was uh, definitely yeah, yeah. So cool, we're all in agreement on that. But how are you guys feeling about the whole setup and like the next DC movie universe? I believe they call it the DC Extended Universe is the mm-hmm. official title. But like with Suicide Squad and some of the other stuff they have planned, how are you guys feeling about the DC slate of movies coming up? Suicide Squad, I'm really excited for. Um, it's looking actually pretty good to me, to where I thought it sounded terrible at first. Uh, not not sounded terrible. The idea of it is always good, but the that first image really scared me when they show, showed the whole team, and it looked kind of cheap to me. And I don't mean that in a bad way, um, but just something about it with the way they did Killer Croc and stuff in that picture and... I, I don't know. It looked a little off to me, but then seeing it all in motion and seeing that first Comic-Con trailer... Um, and I can't wait to see the new one that they're uh, showing next week on the CW. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, honestly, so far that's looking like way better than I thought it was going to be. Honestly, um, and to get you know actors of the caliber of Will Smith and Margot Robbie and Jared Leto in there, uh, I mean, it looks like it could potentially be good. But it's definitely not on a sure footing <laughs> right now. Yeah, I I was kind of the same way. I that very first picture we saw, I'm like, are they wearing Halloween costumes? Like they just opened up a drawer and went, yeah. okay, you're, you're wearing this and Killer Croc. We're going to put you in your high school letterman's jacket. And, you know, mm-hmm. so I was the same way. Like, I was like, really, you know, after Batman versus Superman, your, your next film is suicide squad. Yeah. You know, I'm it like, looks like this, <laughs> like why, why not the flash? Why not? Why not wonder woman? Why not something? And then, like you said, seeing that comic-con trailer, you know, and Jared Leto's Joker, at first I was like, you've got to be kidding me. Those tattoos yeah. cannot be real. You know, he's got a grill. I'm like, <laughs> so then I was looking through some Grant Morrison stuff, and I'm like, all right, kind of, sort of, I see what they're doing. But seeing that trailer, I was like, wow, you know, and just hearing um, that song, you know, I, I, 
uh, was I told a joke or something? I started like a joke. Yeah. I started yeah. a joke, and hearing how that was played throughout the trailer, I was like, okay, uh, you've got me. And then seeing Batman riding around on top of the Joker's oh, yeah. car, <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy crap, Batman's in this? You know, um, yeah, they they had me after that that trailer. I still don't know if it's the right movie to come after Batman versus Superman, but uh, I think this movie is probably going to surprise people. And Harley Quinn is just getting more and more popular yeah. as as the years go by. So I think it's really going to rest heavily on her shoulders, Margot Robbie's shoulders. So um, I'm getting more excited for it. But at the same time, I'm like, please be good. Please be good. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, another thing I'm just super excited about with Suicide Squad is as excited we were about seeing Batman and Superman together on screen for the first time, seeing Joker and Harley together. Yeah. So I can't wait for that. And there's that one screenshot where you see Joker and Arkham, he's in a straight jacket, and Harley is the psychiatrist in her white doctor's coat, yeah. the notepad, uh-huh. glasses. Like, that's straight out of the animated series right there. It looks so cool. So being able to see that for the first time, and looks like the performances are, from what we've seen in that first trailer, is looking pretty spot on to me anyway but i do agree yeah. with you guys but jared leto's joker's look when i first saw that i was like wow <laughs> <laughs> okay um that i actually was pretty okay with the tattoos the thing i still take me a little while to get used to is the grill <laughs> yeah. that i was like why <laughs> but then you think well batman probably knocked his teeth out so <laughs> that's probably why you put him in there but yeah i i'm ex- real excited for suicide squad and i think the reason why i probably want to follow it up with Batman versus Superman is because it still has that Batman connection with Joker and Harley and Batman's going to be in both movies. Um, so they probably want to continue that a little bit instead of maybe going completely with a new superhero like Flash or yeah. uh, well, Wonder Woman's going to be next and still curious to see how big of a role she's going to have in Batman v Superman. It's probably just going to be the end fight sequence, but maybe they want to just wait a little bit on her movie and have one yeah. that's more connected with Batman than mm-hmm. Wonder Woman. So, We'll see, but again, excited for the whole slate. Wonder Woman in 2017 along with Justice League. Uh, man, the moment we <laughs> see Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, plus Flash and Green Lantern in there with Aquaman, man, <laughs> that's going to be a sight to behold. <laughs> it's going to be real interesting to see how it plays out, because I think a big part of why they're doing Suicide Squad first and then Wonder Woman right after that, um, they're trying to do different things than Marvel and establish their own brand and their own voice. Marvel hasn't done a movie or even really attempted one based around the villains only. Yeah. Um, you know, they haven't featured one of their female heroes in a main movie on their own yet. Uh, you know, so they're kind of doing things differently and then they're, they're doing the team movie for their fourth movie in like right away. Uh, well, I guess that's kind of what they did too. Um, yeah. What? I was just going to say what's different about that though, which I think is a pretty cool way to make themselves more separate from Marvel instead of, being introduced, you know, like maybe Flash, Green Lantern, and Cyborg first, and then the Justice League. You're going to meet them first in Justice League, and then we'll see their standalone movies afterwards, which is the, something that's different, which I'm curious to see. if I think it'll be fine, but it'll be interesting yeah. to see if the way Marvel did it was the only way to do it, or if it could be done both ways. I think it'll be fine, though. Yeah. I think you, you'll also get, you know, like for my wife and I, we went to go see the first Thor movie. I, I knew... Uh, enough about Thor to be dangerous. I mean, I came out of the film going, Oh, that was pretty good. But Mm -hmm. I was almost like, yeah, I don't know. If I had seen 
Thor first in like the Avengers, I might have been that guy's pretty cool. I want to check out a movie with him in it. So this might be pretty cool to maybe see where the rest of the Justice League, you know, like, wow, if Green Lantern really was kind of really strong in this, then maybe we need to green light the, uh, you know, Green Lantern movie a little bit farther in our schedule rather than having, you know, the Green Lantern core, you know, you, they may be able to kind of see where the weight of the characters are yeah. after, you know, the, the team up. So, um, I, I'm, I'm glad that they are going, okay, we have to follow Marvel's plan. This is how we have to do it. I'm, I'm glad yeah. that they, they have their own voice and I, I think it's going to work out well for them. It's funny that you mentioned that. Cause that's exactly what I was just going to say too, is, well, not exactly, but similar. Um, the idea is too, like they can test out all of their characters before they get their own movie. Um, so if someone like cyborg who they have their solo featured planned for, if he doesn't test very well in the movies, maybe we just make him a side character in the justice league movies, you know, and then we can elevate one of these other guys that worked a little better and move the schedule around. Um, I mean, Shazam's probably going to happen cause they got Dwayne Johnson signed on, uh, for like, what has he been talking for like 10 years now? About know, really? <laughs> yeah, and, and no mention of Shazam. I don't mean to derail it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, um, they, they, I think wasn't that the last one they had on their slate, or like second to last? Shazam? Yeah, because the green, last one is the Green Lantern one for 2020. Oh, that's right. Yeah, so I think it's the the other one in 2020. If not, it's definitely at least 2019 that they had it scheduled out for supposedly. Um, but it'll be interesting to see. And I think definitely Batman vs Superman is going to make money. That that's going to happen. It might not bust box office numbers if it's not great, but it's going to make money. Uh, all the rest of them is going to really see, you know, how well it's going to do in the future. Yep. I mean, there's, there's a <laughs> lot riding on this, that's for sure, as far as our other movies. I mean, we're definitely, of course, going to get Wonder Woman and Suicide Squad, but it's not, like you said, it's going to make money just because people are going to be curious to see Batman and Superman on screen for the first time. But if, I mean, if it's the reception on it's really bad, and I really yeah. wonder if they're going to put a halt on like justice league and some of their other stuff i mean i really hope not because everything's looking really cool and no yeah. one see anything derail it but it's that's I the one thing I, with batman v superman that is it's such a split opinion on everything we've oh, seen yeah. so far i mean mm-hmm. some people can't stand it saying it's the worst way they could have gone for this for batman v superman movie which makes me think what kind of movie you're expecting <laughs> with these two <laughs> characters but i don't know it's just when the movie actually comes out, it's going to be so polarizing with different opinions on it. It's not going to be a consensus for as far as, oh, it's awful or, oh, it's great. It's going to be so many different opinions on it, which might be like the one thing I'm worried about with this movie is the reaction yeah. everyone's going to have. Well, I'm just hoping it does honestly better than Man of Steel did. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to money-wise, yeah. but I'm hoping critic and fan-wise it's less polarizing, you know, and it's – at least like 75% positive as opposed to just like man of steel is really even 50, 50, you know, people yeah. really liked it or people hated it. Um, so it'll be interesting to see cause we, we really haven't seen much of the movie yet. They've been sitting on it for a while. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what tone the movie really has. And cause if it's well received, like force awakens, uh, not that it'll do anywhere near that money, but it, it could very well do better than Avengers, you yeah. know? If it yeah. if it does well and has great word of mouth like Force Awakens does, you know who knows. Yeah, it has the characters to do that. That's for darn sure. Yeah, <laughs> got the three biggest superheroes out there in one movie, so definitely <laughs> this has to be it. You uh, know, and I th- oh, sorry, even my uh, my in laws and my parents that have gone and seen other movies around this time. Uh, my parents went me with me to see Star Wars. 
And my mom leaned over and was like, why are Batman and Superman fighting? You know, <laughs> I, I think for yeah. just the people that just know of the characters, I think that's enough to go. I, I want to see why, why are they versing each other? Mm-hmm. What's the V in the, you know? So I don't think there's any way this movie doesn't make money and doesn't up, appear to be successful financially. Um, you know, they're already shooting Wonder Woman. They're in pre-production for the Justice League. So I think we're definitely going to get four movies, yeah. uh, but it'll be on, like we said, it's going to be on the strength of this one. It's like, okay, that was that was really good. Now let's see how, you know, Suicide Squad does. So um, I, I think the danger of seeing any more will be, you know, if this movie doesn't do good, then maybe the Justice League, we find out, Oh well, it's only going to do, you know, instead of two parts, now all of a sudden it's just one movie. So that yeah. that may be like a red flag of like, oh crap, you know, instead of this two-parter, now we have a one single movie. But I don't know. I just I feel really good about it. There, there's a part of me that's going, oh, I'm nervous, but I'm like, you know what? I think it's going to be really good. I think there's just so much for people to speculate and not like just because you don't know and once they see it they'll go oh oh, okay i guess it wasn't this thing that i thought it was at least that's what i'm hoping for maybe i'm being naive i hear you yeah i'm pretty sure i'm gonna love it but that's the thing the worry about the majority of other people in general audiences responses to it because i want this movie universe to succeed so bad so that's pretty much more of a worry than myself enjoying it than anything so but we'll find out in two months, and like we are talking about in the beginning, how cool it was to start our show with the hype of Dark Knight Rises. Now <laughs> we're 100 episodes in, and we're midst of the hype of Batman v Superman and the whole DC Extended Universe, so yeah. it's going to be fun. But moving off from the movies topics, I want to go into catch up with you guys on some video game stuff. And Gary, for you and the Arkham games, uh, mm-hmm. I know you said you've played... Uh, the first two when we were doing the podcast, have you kept up with it with Arkham Origins and Arkham uh, Knight? I finished Arkham City and I have Arkham Knight and I've been playing through it a bit, but I haven't gotten super far because I just got my PS4, um, you know, less than okay, a month ago. Okay, cool. Uh, but I'm getting into it and I love it. Um, and I missed Origins, but I heard that wasn't the same development team and it wasn't as good, so I wasn't as worried about that. I figured I could get back to that one later because I know it's a prequel too, um, so it doesn't matter as much for the ongoing story. Uh, and honestly, I've always loved the games ever since the first one. Um, you know, me and Bob back in the old days, uh, would love talking about that. And we, we all followed all the, uh, Riddler missions and all the extra little yeah. side stuff. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I lost track of that on Arkham city just cause there was so much more of the side stuff and extra quests. Um, but also honestly, I think they're like perfect Batman games. Like you, you couldn't do a better blend of, uh, everything I want from one, you know, stealth fighting. They've included Batmobiles. They've included side characters to play as um, tons of different stories and side missions and things you can explore. And I, I don't know, to me, I thought it was just pretty much the best way they could do a Batman game. And I kind of hope they don't lose sight of that and do more DC games other than just Mortal Kombat style fighting yeah. stuff, you know? <laughs> yeah, it would be awesome if they could just make Rocksteady just the superhero development team. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, you guys get all our characters, go have fun and make the games as good as the Arkham ones. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Um, but, you know, maybe someday, especially if, you know, the Justice League thing kicks off. I mean, honestly, like we were talking about the last thing, uh, a lot sits on Batman v Superman. 
Because if Batman v Superman does gangbusters, then DC stuff is going to be more popular again, and maybe we'll get some more movies and video games and all that good stuff. You know, so yeah, as long as they take their time, don't rush them out to tie in with their yeah, you know, how yeah. those games turn out. But Rob, I know I talked to you a lot about Arkham Origins and Arkham Knight, but <laughs> for those who are the listeners of the show who haven't had a chance to hear your thoughts on it, no spoilers now since Gary just started, Arkham Knight, but. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Your impressions of the latest two Arkham games. Um, you and I have, uh, like I said, talked uh, at length about it and uh, like to get you back on my channel to wrap up the game. Uh, I've, I've in, I enjoyed Origins. Um, Origins does play a little factor into Arkham Knight. It's not really a spoiler. You'll find out when you'll get there. Um, but uh, I thought it was... Uh, each game, uh, there was a new mechanic that was introduced, and I think each me- new mechanic enhanced uh, the game even further. And uh, Arkham Knight, I, I loved it top to bottom. There are those moments with the Batmobile that I just wanted to throw my controller across the room, and I was <laughs> like, why can't I get this drone to blow up, you know? <laughs> but after doing it, there was that sense of accomplishment, and I was like, oh, cool. Uh, just being able to glide across, you know, the the city and uh, being able to summon the Batmobile and drive from one end to the other and uh, getting into uh, dual play mechanics with that was so good. <laughs> you know, Nightwing and Robin and uh, uh, Catwoman uh, was uh, was really good and just uh, the the story of like who's the Arkham Knight, you know, what's what's his role, what's his connection with Batman, what's going on. You know, how is Batman going to deal with the Joker being gone? What's that doing to his psyche? You know, and all those things and just those different beats where there were moments in the game of like, I I can't believe I just saw that Uh, moments where. Uh, literally scared me for a second. You dropped my controller. Yeah, Holy crap! That no. too. <laughs> Which I'm I'm trying to be very careful not to say anything. But <laughs> it's it, it had the the best some of the best moments of that game uh, of the series were in the in this game. Uh, do I is it my favorite of the whole series? I think City might still just be. My favorite, um, this one is really, really close. I'm still currently playing it. I've uh, got the uh, DLC uh, season pass, and I'm currently running around uh, Gotham City in the Batman versus Superman Batmobile and dressed up like Batfleck. So, uh, you <laughs> know, all, I all, say, all this. Those really cool. DLCs that they just came out with, so good. The Christian Bell costume. I mean, that oh, yeah. was, was never my favorite Batman costume, but just seeing how detailed it is and how much you're looks like the oh, yeah. movie version because the graphic engine is so good now with the new systems but it was just so cool to play in that costume and of course hearing Kevin Conroy's voice come out of that instead of uh, <laughs> was made it yeah. even better but <laughs> yeah, I definitely. love those DLC packs that they just recently came out with so cool yeah. like makes me want to start the game all over again and play it with each different costume <laughs> yeah and I've I've been doing that you know um, once the season of infamy came out um, I had played the game up to almost that last little bit, and I thought, okay, I want to wait and see where the season of infamy comes in uh, because of the events that happen at the end of the game. You get different dialogue with different characters, so I want wanted a, a version of 
before the game ended, and then I went back to the completed file and then finished it up because you know dialogue will will change yeah. depending on how the the game plays out. And something I'm really excited for about it is the last DLC we're going to get in a couple weeks is the Arkham Community Pack, which is a six challenge maps done in the new engine of the old game. So we're getting combat maps from Arkham Asylum. Uh, Arkham City Predator maps from both, so seeing those maps really cleaned up and uh, new things a little added to them, that it'll be kind of like getting a remastered version, even if it's only in map format, of Arkham Asylum and uh, Arkham City. So it'll be cool to kind of go back to the Asylum with the new game engine and all those amazing costumes. So yeah. I, I can't wait for that. That is really cool. How far are you into it, Gary? Arkham. Uh, literally, basically, just started. Okay. <laughs> oh, come on! <laughs> I know, I know. I, well, the problem is, I got a PS4 and I got so many new games like right away. Uh, you know, I have <laughs> Battlefront, I have uh, the Uncharted, the whole series. You know, and that was just stuff that came with it. Yeah, those are <laughs> great games too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, and that's the I thing. I can see your um, problem. <laughs> yeah. So I've been trying to split up my time, but uh, I definitely want to get more into Batman, and I got the season pass too. So I'm looking out for that. I love all the extra DLC. That's always been one of my favorite parts of the DC games. They've been pretty good about including extra costumes and things like that. So that's cool. Yeah, I'll just say this, Gary. When you get to the end sequence of the game, one of the best, not just Arkham moments, I'd argue one of the best Batman moments happens. (laughs) Are are you talking the end end of the game or the... The last boss battle, I'll say. Okay, all right, all right. Yeah, Yeah, I'll give that to you, yeah. I'm excited. Hopefully I'm not building up too much, but I think you're going to get a kick out of it. I'm sure <laughs> I will. I love the other games. And uh, like I think you said it, Rob, with the Kevin Conroy. I, we've been referencing Kevin Smith all night, so why stop now? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, he always says, and I totally agree with him, that ever since the animated series came out, whenever I hear or read Batman, well, I guess whenever I read Batman, his voice is the voice I imagine coming yeah. out as Batman. You know, even though there's been tons of people that have played him very well, even, you know, his voice is just so Batman-y. <laughs> it is Batman, yeah. I can't imagine it any other way in the same boat. But I guess since you mentioned animated series, I'll use that as a segue into my next question I want to ask you guys. <laughs> How are you guys keeping up with the DC animated movies uh, lately? Yes, I am. I've been uh, spotty, honestly, and I okay. feel bad about it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I wanted to get you guys' take on some of the latest Batmans and the Justice League ones. So I guess I'll start with you, Rob, since you've been keeping up with them. What were some of the most recent favorites, I guess, maybe the last few years? Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was. There was two Damien uh, movies. It was the second one. Is it Son of Bat? No. The second one was Batman vs. Robin with the Court of Owls. Yes, uh, I liked that one. Yeah, um, I liked uh, uh, Son of Batman or Batman and Son whatever. That was o- that was okay. Um, I think the second one was better. Um, if I liked, you know, the Court of Owls kind of coming into, um, and I felt like they kind of flushed out Damien's character just a little bit more. So I enjoyed that. Um, eagerly waiting for Bad Blood. That looks really really cool. Uh, kind of tying in, uh, you know, Dick Grayson being uh, Batman and kind of what happens uh, where Batman's gone type of thing. Yep. Um, uh, the Assault on Arkham, I really enjoyed that just because it was a Batman game in, you know, the Ark or game. It was a video, <laughs> a movie in the Arkham verse, you know, of course, hearing Kevin Conroy uh, back as Batman again was pretty cool. Um, hearing Troy Baker's Joker against 
uh, Kevin Conroy, I thought was uh, really pretty neat. So, uh, in the Justice League uh, movies, I've enjoyed all those. The only one, and Tim, you're gonna hate me for this one, is uh, the Bruce Tim um, alternate universe. You know uh, what, Rob? I'm pretty much probably gonna agree with you on this one. <laughs> I I don't know what it is. I, the, the art looks great. I I can't get in into that movie. I I. The only things that I've seen of it were just the clips that I've seen online and I'm not trying to be one of those people that's like, oh, I saw the clip. I hate it. You know, it, I think it's just the the characters of them. I'm like, well, that's not Superman. That's not they, they don't yeah. look like who they're supposed to be. You know, if it was Thomas Wayne Batman, OK, fine. Sure. You've got me sold because it, it looks like Batman. It would look like Superman. But if you didn't tell me this was a Justice League movie, uh, I would have just said, oh, hey, it's a Bruce Tim animated film it, it doesn't feel superhero-y to me so. yeah unfortunately i was disappointed with that big time especially because it was bruce tim's first movie in a long time so of course i was real hyped up about it and it just like the concept was pretty neat but it just like i said couldn't get into it couldn't get invested into the characters and there was one cool moment like that had to do with the new gods and dark side that was pretty different that uh shook things up that you wouldn't expect that was pretty neat but like the main characters superman batman and wonder woman they just i mean they're not supposed to because they're different characters it's not clark and it's not bruce wayne it's not diana so of course that was always going to be there and they couldn't ever live up to the legacy of the original incarnation of those (laughs) characters so shouldn't i guess fault it too much but it's still one complete package you couldn't really get into it so i'm with you on that one but I agree with you also on Batman versus Robin. I love that one. I think that's yeah. one of the best uh, solo Batman animated movies that we've gotten in a long time. The Court of Owls, while, of course, you're going to do the whole Scott Snyder story in that short amount of time, but what they did use, I thought worked really well. And they actually fitted a lot more stuff than I thought they would from Scott Snyder's story, which was cool to see. So that one was awesome. And I, I did not like Son of Batman, that first one. Wasn't the quite yeah. introduction I was hoping for with Damien. I didn't. I don't think Deathstroke worked too well as the main villain, as cool as the character he is. Just yeah, was, him interacting with the League of Assassins and Rachel Ghoul and all that, I just didn't think it worked that well for the movie. But No. And I, I had the same take on I would rather them had maybe gone more towards the actual source material. Yeah. I don't mind them straying from a little bit, but the only source material was was in title and father i imagined you taller yep. you know that 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 was a, about it so and a few uh, ninja man bats too <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah a few of those well, well, you intrigued good. me guy in seeing the second one now at least the first yeah. one didn't sound so hot but the second one sounds really good yep the second one's actually really pretty good it's it's probably been uh my favorite so far Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of cool what they're doing now. How they're establishing their own uh, continuity and like animated movie universe on certain titles. Like mm. the Batman ones are connected to the latest Justice League titles, like Justice League War and Justice League uh, Throne of Atlantis. They're yeah. all part of the same universe now, which is cool. But I've heard that Aquaman one is really good. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I heard That's, it was really good. That was really good. I enjoyed that one. You see, I, I was a little disappointed with that one too. I mean, it wasn't bad or anything. I still watch it again, but I really love the comic story. And I just didn't think the movie was as good as that. And I just didn't feel it was as epic as it could have been like the comic was. But, oh, that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you say the last one you saw was, Gary? Um, well, I did see Assault on Arkham. And okay. I agree with what Rob said. I really liked it for a, a movie you know, based kind of in the Arkham games. That was really fun. 
Um, and my friends hadn't played through the Arkham games, but even they still liked it just as, you know, a cool Batman mm-hmm. story. Um, and, uh, other than that, probably the dark Knight returns two parter was the last one I remember seeing. Um, and of really course, good. of yeah. course that was awesome. Yeah. I mean, everybody agrees that those were really good adaptations. Um, so th- those were really great. I loved those. Everything about it was just spot on for me. Um, and, uh, I think my favorite for a long time was red hood mm-hmm. or under the red hood. Uh, that yeah. was always my favorite, but that's an old one now. So, you know, I probably shouldn't mention that. <laughs> no, for um, me, that's, that's still the benchmark. That's, that's still my favorite out of all of them. And I think that's, uh, I don't know. I, I kind of wish there was more of that, like going back to more source material, but I like the extended, uh, you know, universe that they have in the films, but that's a, that's a great film. Well, that's one thing I've always wanted them to do, too, which it sounds like they're doing now, is kind of trying to build uh, an animated film universe to an extent. You know, to have stories contained within the same universe and uh, have some connectivity there. And uh, that's what I always thought they should have done. Um, You know, and I I thought it was kind of weird that they didn't do that. They just ended up doing a few different Batman and Superman and Justice League stories, uh, you know, and set in different Elseworlds and with different actors and completely different casts and all that. Uh, which were, some of them were really good, I guess, but you know, uh, I, I like that they're kind of building towards a connected something at the same time now. You know, that's that's a good idea. The only problem with that is it's mainly just Justice League and Batman. I would love it if yeah, spin Superman from the Justice League movies, give him his own animated movie in that universe, and Wonder Woman, Flash, Green Lantern, and so forth. But it's just either Batman, Justice League, and now occasionally Superman. Before it was always a Batman, yeah. Superman, and a Justice League movie. But yeah, and now Superman's problem. occasional. Like I remember they put out one right after uh, Man of Steel came out, um, and then since then I don't think they've even done a single Superman story. Yeah, which is disappointing. I mean, yeah, as cool as it is to get more Batman movies, and I'm not going to complain about that. But as just DC fans, I think we can all agree that we'd love to see more movies on the other characters that they have too, because they do such yeah. a great job with them. And yeah. maybe that's the thing, like we were saying, Batman versus Superman, Superman does really well. Maybe they'll look at the animated films and go, you know what? Uh, let's do a Wonder Woman movie, her character from the, you know, animated universe, or you know, let's let's do a uh, an Aquaman, you know, related uh, mm-hmm. property where he he is the sole, yeah. you know, character in it. Yeah. Also, another one that just came to my mind too is that if you haven't seen it yet, Gary, you should definitely check it out is the flashpoint movie that oh was yeah i haven't seen it but i did actually kind of catch up to read that story again recently uh-huh. and uh I, I gotta see the movie <laughs> i love that story so much and i've heard it was a really good uh version of it too so yeah that one ranks pretty high up there on my <laughs> top it might even be my top five of all their dc animated movies that one's awesome uh- I'll agree. And what I like about it is it's in this new animated style and stay through after the credits because, you know, there's a a little, you know, tease for, you know, what basically is the, you know, new line of uh, film. So, Hmm. um, yeah, I thought that was done very, very well. And, you know, little geeky things, you know, seeing Aqualad, like the Young Justice Aqualad Hmm. appears in there briefly. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, Young (laughs) Justice is represented, you know, kind of, sort of, but still. That's one thing I love, and I, I'm only going to mention it once because it's not really connected to Batman so much. But with the Arrow and Flash verse, they drop in so many little fan service nods, just little names here and there, and posters yeah. and things around, and uh, you know, news reports in the background of things happening in other DC cities on Channel uh, 52. Also, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's so hearing cool. Bloodhaven <laughs> mentioned in Arrow, I was like Bloodhaven. <laughs> yeah, I, I love stuff like that, and I love. 
versions of media that can do things like that too. Um, so that's that's cool to see here. You know, I'll have to check that out for sure. Yeah, but I think potentially one of the best animated movies could come out this year with The Killing Joke. Oh, I heard that. Yeah. I cannot wait for that. Just for the story itself, but they haven't officially announced it yet, but it's looking like Mark Hamill is going to be coming back as a Joker for that movie. Yeah, I heard they're talking him and Conroy coming yeah. back. I mean, I don't know if you saw it, but Kevin Conroy sent out a tweet, like a picture of like him and Mark Hamill together. Yeah. It wasn't exactly <laughs> a recording studio, but there's like monitors behind them, so maybe they're doing some like ADR or something like that before the movie comes out, finishes it up, but... Boy, if they get those two voice actors to do that iconic story, that could be pretty special. So I can't wait until <laughs> yeah, we get sure. that announcement, <laughs> the, like the first trailer and the movie, which I believe is going to premiere at Comic-Con this year. So we still got a bit of a ways to wait for it, but I'm super pumped for that. Since you brought that up, uh, who do you want as Batgirl? Do you want Tara Strong? Yeah, uh, I think just go all out, do like a DC uh, animated Universe reunion or Batman the Animated Series reunion. Get Tara Strong in there because that there was another picture that came out maybe a year ago or maybe even two years ago. Now it was Bruce Tim, Tara Strong, and Mark Hamill like out in the parking lot. What looked like Warner Brothers Studios. Yeah, so I was like, oh, are they recording together too? So yeah, just make it a Batman the Animated Series reunion and get all the voice actors that are still around to do those voices because it'd be great. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately. Bob Hastings passed away yeah. not too long ago, so he couldn't do Gordon, but that would have been amazing to get him back also. But yeah, I'm just super pumped for it. I can't wait for it. That's I, I feel like you will. there with Batman v Superman hype, but it's <laughs> right under it. I cannot wait. Definitely. I uh, I think it's along the lines that you said that picture that Mark Hamill had tweeted out. Um, I don't know if I read it on Newsarama or wherever it was, but um, – the producers of the film said that, you know, the book is not that long. So they had to add some story elements to it to make it so, that, you know, they animated almost like page for page. Like everything you see is pretty much going to be there in context. But they said the movie came in under their normal running time. So they had to kind of add some connective tissue. So um, I'm really kind of hoping that they they treat it well to make the you know, movie longer. I don't know if you saw the the same article. Yeah, on that. I think they had the same problem a little bit with year one. Also, they didn't add too much for that, but it sounds like they're going to be adding more to Killing Joke than they did for year one, which hmm. I'm okay with. Like you said, Rob, as long as it doesn't take any way anything away from the story, but adds to it, which I think they will do a good job of making it all yeah. flow and fit together. So. Heck, it might even end up maybe being better than the comic than having more stuff added to it to give it more meat. So yeah, I know that was a little while ago too, but year one was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, I really like that yeah. too. I know that one's kind of mixed amongst Batman fans, but I thought it was great. Yeah, me too. No, no complaints here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you guys might know a little better than me because you follow the news. I'm assuming a little better. Uh, but I remember hearing recently something about Tim maybe doing a Justice League series again. Is that happening or? There's reports about a new Justice League animated series that's in the works, but I mm. haven't heard if it's actually Bruce Timm's going to be involved with it. Oh, okay. So that's not part of it, necessarily. I know. Let's see first on Rob, but as far as I can remember, I don't think his name was attached to it. Not that not that I've seen. Other than that, you know, hallway image of, you know, Cartoon Network where they had some posters, and you see, like, silhouettes, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think it's, it's, like, in development, but I don't remember seeing, you know, Bruce Timm's you know, name associated anywhere. That doesn't mean it's yeah. not, but it, they haven't come out and said for sure. Well, that brings my hope down for it a little bit more, but, <laughs> um, but at the same time, I'm sure they probably are going to have something out by the time that justice league movies coming out. They usually try to tie in an animated series. 
Um, yeah, they've been doing that lately. They did the Guardians of the Galaxy one that came out right after the movie did. Uh, something else, too. I can't remember the last few years. Um, yeah, hopefully this Justice League series will last longer than like Young Justice, which yeah, is yeah. Like prime that show ended when it did. <laughs> it so, I love that show. Yeah. That was so good. Especially yeah. that second season where oh, it yeah. pretty much had every DC character in there and it all worked too. <laughs> and the time jump and all that. Yeah. It, was, it was a smart way to do that. Yeah, but, especially when they tease you at the end when they're bringing in Apocalypse and Dark Side. Yeah, like, oh. right. <laughs> and it's funny. Every every so often, maybe every couple months, I'll see a post on Facebook, petition to save you. you know, yeah. <laughs> get, get season three. I'm like, we're three years past that now. <laughs> I mean, I'd be all for it. But to, to just see that there's still fans out there of that series going, I, I'd watch it in a heartbeat again. I mean, you never know. They kind of brought Teen Titans back, so... Yeah, it's I, I don't know. Too. Yeah. yeah, it's still yeah. on yeah. there. True. It's been more successful than some of the other ones, like Green Lantern, the animated series, and what a, else? Did they, they've had a few that have you failed the pretty Batman. quickly. That was even short-lived than Young Justice was. I mean, yeah. I could have told you that just from that first press release that we made fun of plenty of times on yeah, the show. <laughs> just Professor Pig and Katana for some reason. And Do you remember what I, the rant I went about Alfred's guns, too? Oh, yeah, that's right. Which I don't think even got to use that much in the episodes. I actually haven't seen every single one since they like went on hiatus and it came back. I haven't watched the rest, but as far as I remember, he did not use those guns too much, which was a good part of it. So yeah. it wasn't a bad show, though. I have to say it was different and not the greatest one out there, but it had its moments. I liked the performance of the actor who played Batman. I can't remember his name right now, but he did a good job. It just was a little too different. Like you said, it was Katana and not having any Robins in there. So it took a little while to get used to. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure we're going to see more Batman and Superman stuff, especially with this movie coming out. And if that does well, even more so. But um, it's kind of a bummer. They haven't really, since Tim did all his shows, they haven't really gotten a format that seems to work for yeah. DC, you know, continuous serialized cartoons. Yeah, you know, that's the, a the shame. movies do okay, but, you know. Yeah, they need to go back to their heydays, like in the 90s with Batman and Superman the Animated Series, and then in the 2000s with Batman Beyond and Justice League. Those had such great runs, and to have them all be connected and part of the same universe, oh, just so great, and almost makes it yeah. people ever get something like that again in like TV animation. It doesn't seem likely, though, but it would Speaking be awesome of, if it did. real quick, uh, what, what's going on with this new Batman animated thing that looks like it's a feature that's really kid-friendly and looks like it's boosting a toy line? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, the Unlimited movies? Yeah. Are they yeah. any good? Yeah. I saw the first one, which actually wasn't too bad. I mean, it was definitely geared towards a younger audience, but it was actually pretty cool. Some cool action and good use of the characters, but you might have to get a little bit used to the animation style. But mm-hmm. other than that, it was enjoyable. But I didn't see the second one, which actually looked pretty good with Joker and Scarecrow. But I don't know. Did you see that one, Rob? Um, it's still shrink-wrapped. I got it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I got it on, uh, you know, uh, uh Black Friday, I saw it for five bucks, and I'm like, oh, I'll pick it up. And I meant to watch it over the holiday season. And I just hadn't watched it. Uh, just the you know little clips I've seen online, like it's definitely geared towards uh, you know kids. And I do have uh, a couple of the action figures from the toy line. If there was a Robin out there, I bought it. Uh, but yeah, I, from what I've seen, it, it looks it looks decent. But I, I can't fully say because I haven't watched it all the way through. Like Animal Instinct, I think was the first one. Yeah, that's right. That's what it was called. Yeah, it's probably so, something worth checking out. But like, keep your expectations in check, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, do, or is it Brave and the Bold? 
quality. A little bit, yeah. It's kind of like a mix between Brave and the Bold and maybe something you'd see in maybe Batman the Animated Series is a little too much praise for it, but <laughs> maybe like <laughs> it, a step below that. It takes itself, uh, from what I've read, it, it takes itself uh, as serious as the animated series does, but looks cartoony like uh, Batman Brave and the Bold. You know? Okay. It's kind of. Are, are, do they I'm, use all the different costumes? That's what it seems like. Like they use all the costumes that they always put the toys out. Like uh, Kevin Smith make the joke like Chef Batman and Water <laughs> Surfer Batman, and you know, and then there's one deluxe you know chase figure of like Dark Knight Batman, and then like fifteen other ones. Uh, but it looks like they actually try to use some of the different alternate like power ups and costumes in the stuff, so it's not just you know, you get one Batman the whole movie and then there's some, for some reason there's, you know, deep sea diving Batman included (laughs) in the mix, you know? Um, Is it kind of like that? Like it's just to push the toys. So they put in all the different costumes and vehicles and stuff, or you definitely get that sense. I mean, Batman definitely changes costumes a few times in the movie. So definitely get that feel. But I mean, in the story they're trying to tell, like it, it works, but I mean, you could, might roll your eyes at certain things, but you just kind of got to go with it, really, because you know that's what it is and that's what it's for. So. Has Dane watched it? No, I don't think he has. I don't think he, he probably like would, it, really. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, if he has seen it, he probably hates it. If he hasn't seen it, you know, he's probably never going to see it because. Yeah, he, I'm usually his uh, barometer as far as what movies to see. I tell him which ones to. <laughs> which ones are really worth the struggle for him to. Yeah, I know <laughs> which ones he'd like and not like, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he wouldn't like that one. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't really like the childish stuff, but, you know. Yeah, he wasn't a big fan of Brave and the Bull. Was. Yeah. Even on the old uh, Gotham Knights Online forum area, <laughs> I would remember trying to talk Dane to get, get to watch it because it's so good. But He wouldn't watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, speaking of, we, we kind of talked about TV a little bit, but we didn't talk about Gotham. What do you guys think about yeah. Gotham? Hmm. Uh, my DVR crapped out. Uh, we had to get a new DVR, so I lost uh, from the first season. I think we were keeping up with it every week, and then it crapped out. And then by the time we got our new DVR, the first season was over. So I haven't seen any of second season, uh, and I have bought uh, the first season on DVD. So I'm slowly uh, catching up with it. I've I've enjoyed it, but I haven't seen anything uh, into the new season at all, other than you know little things I may see online. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Gary? You've seen uh, or caught up with it? Uh, I was actually doing a Gotham podcast for a little bit. Uh, So I very heavily followed the first season. um, And now, you know, we stopped doing that podcast for now. So I'm loosely, a little more loosely, like not every day, week to week following it. Um, But I've been keeping up with Gotham. And I think the second season has improved um, from what I've seen so far. Yeah, uh, and the first season was pretty good, too. There was some good stuff, and there was some uh, Muppet Baby DC villain, yeah. you know, <laughs> Freak of the Week kind of guy coming on. Muppet Baby. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was always like, oh, here's the father of a villain you'll see someday, or like, here's the villain that you'll see someday as a kid, but, you know, maybe it's not the right guy. You know, I, I don't know, a lot of stuff like that. But they had some really cool stuff in there, like uh, um, I guess you haven't seen it yet, Rob. But Milo Ventimiglia from uh, Heroes and all that other stuff has. I, done, yeah, I've heard he a little did, bit about that. Yeah, yeah, he did a really good arc towards the end of the first season, um, where they did like a really serious kind of just messed up villain, 
you know, that really just killed. And I, I don't know. It was just really, I, I think that played it better for me. Um, and the second season just picked up from there and hit the ground running with some of the stuff they've done so far. Uh, and I, I like it for what it is. It's not the best thing out there, but to have kind of stories within the Batman universe before Batman's round, it's, it's kind of interesting. So uh, do you have a take on it, Tim? Yeah, I'm pretty much in agreement with what you said, Gary. The first season had its moments and then it had its uh, bad moments, too. <laughs> that made you roll yeah. your eyes. But I did not like the season finale when it kind of wrapped up everything with the whole game war and Fish Mooney, who yeah, uh, her story arc really dragged the show down in the second half of the first season. So yeah. It felt uh, almost like we paid Jada Pinkett Smith all this money. We have to keep her on the show somehow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What can we do with her in the back half of the season to have her come back at the very end for her last, you know, uh, hurrah? Yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, before I say something about season two, I want to ask you, Rob, um, do you see the episode with the Jerome character? Uh, no, I'm ju- I'm just about there, but I've I've read enough online that I, I know what happens, and I've uh, you know seen you know the clips and stuff, so I'm 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 versed in enough that I could talk about it. Okay, so you know he's pretty much built to, to be the Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So I thought that character that was a pretty cool introduction to him in the mm-hmm. first season, and when I knew he was going to be in season two, I was like, uh, Batman. I mean, the Joker shouldn't be introduced before Batman. I kind of yeah. have a little problem with that, but yeah. I got okay. If this is how they want to do it, I'll accept it and see where they go with it. And uh, the actor who played him, he did a great job. I mean, if they were gonna do a show with the actual Joker. Yeah, they should just get him to do it because he was pretty much the Joker without the makeup. But and Rob, you're in for a treat in his first episode. The moment yeah. when you see the Joker in him, you know, like because they kind of mm. play coy for part of the movie, and then there's a moment where you can tell he's the Joker. Like he's not just a kid. Like he has something else in him, and. It's incredible what he does. Nice. What he does. What he does. <laughs> what he does. Oh my god. <laughs> what he does. <laughs> it, it, it's incredible what he did with that role because he can just flip it on uh, and go full Joker like instantaneously, um, and really well done. I thought, especially for his little arc in the beginning of the second season too. Um, and I will agree with you too, Gary. This se- second season has been a lot better. I've oh yeah actually been really invested in the first half of the story arc they were trying to tell, but. My one disappointment, and it actually kind of had to, I had to take a break from the show a little bit. I fell behind a few episodes because I was I was so disappointed with uh, what went on with uh, the whole thing with uh, Jerome's story arc in the season. Yeah. So Rob, yeah. when you get there, I can't wait to hear what you think about it. So <laughs> <laughs> I will make sure to chime in with you. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, uh, like I said, I. There was new episodes after that. I didn't watch it for a few weeks. Like I, yeah, I same here. I had to show. stop for a little while because it just it, it threw you for a loop because yeah. it seemed like they were going one way and then they just totally, nope, <laughs> we're not doing that. Um, but it's a. Uh, I also like Tim without saying too much. Uh, I, I like the way they used his story arc to set up the future of the Batman universe. Um. If that makes sense, I get where you're going with that, but yeah, it's I kind think of hard I'm to disagree say. with you on it without getting too much into it. So. I, I don't. This thing, I don't. I don't prefer it, you know. But for is this, where I have to pull a Dane and take off my headphones and no texting. When you get to <laughs> yeah, just put your mic on mute for a minute. We're gonna talk. Uh, no, but I, it's it's interesting the way they did it 
but it's definitely different and I didn't like it either and I still don't really like it. If I was running the show, I wouldn't have done it that way. Um, but uh, one thing I do like, which I don't know if you heard this, Tim. Uh, you might have, I'm, I'm assuming, because you also follow the news. But uh, I think fairly early on or maybe in the middle of the first season, the showrunner of Gotham said in an interview that they're not going to do the Joker on purpose for a while. And they're going to throw a lot of red herrings out there yeah. on purpose. Uh, they're going to throw a lot of references and things that might look or seem like the Joker. Like uh, even in the – I think it was in the pilot. And then they revisited him later on, that really depressed uh, comedian yeah. that was putting on that terrible show at Fish Mooney's place. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Everyone thought, oh, there's a Joker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they've had him come back, I think, once at least after that. Uh, you know, and then there's been little nods, like there was a nurse that died on the ground once, and she had a big red smear, like a smile on her face of blood. Um, you know, and like someone put a sheet down, I think, on a victim, and it made like a red smile on the sheet. I've never um, seen that. Yeah, and little nods here and there, but I think they're purposefully not giving us the full Joker yet because that's what – it's kind of in the spirit of the Joker. You know, like whenever you see the Joker uh, narrating in comic books, he's always a really unreliable witness and he's always all over the place. Uh, and, oh, is that how that happened? I don't really remember. Anyway, you know, like let's move on to something else. Um, so he would throw little red herrings at you and it's it's an interesting way to do it, but it's also – I think it's also part of the reason the show isn't as well received as it could be, you know, because of the little near misses like that. Like, oh, you, you did that so well. And then you kind of tweaked it a little bit and made it, you know, something that doesn't really work as well. So, yeah. And I buy all that except for how, like, the climax of what they did with that character and what happened. It, it killed yeah. everything. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree with you. I mean, I'm, I'm trying to play devil's advocate a little bit, but, uh, <laughs> but I agree. It's definitely. Not the way I would have gone, <laughs> but yeah, you know, yeah. But definitely the show. second season has been a big improvement over the first one. I think so. Yeah, I think with all this stuff we've been talking about, just just to bring it back to our boy Kevin Smith, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. one of the things he says a lot is like, even though The Dark Knight Rises wasn't that great, I never thought I'd live in a world where I get to see Talia Al Ghul and Bane in a mm-hmm. major motion picture Batman movie played serious done really well and artistically and uh you know with good actors behind them and all this stuff you might not like the take they used but it's still amazing that we live in a world where they're treating all this stuff so seriously and putting out so much of it for us exactly you know? um and like you said too now it's trickling down to the tv front too where we're getting shows like flash and arrow that are in supergirl now which have been really great and hopefully yeah. gotham can get on to their level actually i would say this start of season two of Gotham, I've enjoyed that more than the season of Arrow. Actually, it actually took <laughs> over that, so yeah, it's got that going for it. But still, for the most part, all these shows are still enjoyable to watch. And just, I mean, as a comic book fan, you can't can't ask for a better time to be a, <laughs> alive and to enjoy. Definitely, it yeah. Well, I got a quick question for you guys about this whole all of Batman we've been talking about um, with the the whole idea of a multiverse within the movies and the TV and like, you know, maybe like we were even talking about in the movies, maybe you see a flash of pardon my pun of, uh, you know, Grant Gustin or Stephen Amell as green arrow and flash in and all in the movies. Uh, would you like to see a connected multiverse in some way? Or, or do you think it's just too much trouble? Cause I hear a lot of people saying also, 
it does constrict the story on either side a little bit, especially if they go deep with it. Um, but I mean, what do you guys think overall? Is that something you'd like to see someday? Cause I, I think it would be cool, but I don't know how they work it out. You know? Yeah. I would love to see that. That was my hope. Me too. <laughs> when this, uh, when the, before the DC movies like came out, I was kind of hoping they integrate arrow and flash to be a part of that universe. But cause I love what Marvel's doing. They're doing such a great job with their movies. Then Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been really good. And now you got their Netflix series with Daredevil and Jessica Jones. And yeah. while they don't, there's not big connections to all of them, just the fact you know they're all part of the same universe. Like when you watch Daredevil and know that somewhere out in the galaxy, Peter Quill is with Rocket Raccoon <laughs> in the same universe. It's just cool to know that all that's going on. So it's not really that big of a deal, I think, to like, oh, you're too, like, restrained or constricted to do certain things and writers are held back there's ways to work around it to me that's a lazy excuse but i'm not in those writers rooms so uh, (laughs) i'm not sure what goes down there but i would love to see a more connective universe in the dc world i'm torn (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna play the other side of it i I think that would be cool uh to do uh on one hand or one hand i'm like Okay, you don't want to tie them in. Just use those actors. And somebody was like, "Well, that's going to confuse people that we're seeing Stephen Amell up on the screen." And then it's like, "Are they the same?" Uh, you know, uh, part of me is like, keep them separate rather than going. Okay, here's here's the movie that you're you're all involved in, but the events that happen in that movie are now spilling into your TV show, and now you have 22 episodes to kind of. I, limp's the wrong word but kind of weave that story in and out and go hey remember that thing we did two years ago in that movie and hey in another year we're gonna you know get the band back together so i i could see that part of it but it would be kind of cool to um to have to have them all play in in the same ballpark but uh on the other hand i'm like i, I don't want one to spoil or dilute or tie the hands yeah. of the one like you can only do okay you know superman can't show up on your show but you can reference him now whoever the writer of you know the justice league movie says okay now arrow you guys have to do and have to say this when using these characters rather than them just telling their own story and with that i'd like them to open up the box and say if you guys want to have batman show up in arrow go ahead and do that it's not going to be ben affleck batman Mm. but you can have batman yeah that's another thing I don't get. Yeah, if you want to have your separate universes, that's fine. But don't try to like go out of your way to like to avoid having Superman, Batman, or Wonder Woman even mentioned in Flash or Arrow. Can they at least be mentioned? Because that's, <laughs> how cool would that be? They're the biggest characters DC got, and it's kind of a shame that they're scared to use them in like in the smaller avenues for TV shows when you know they could be easily brought into there. So, I mean, they're kind of sort of testing the waters with Kara messaging clark back and forth yeah. and we got a silhouette version of uh superman and Saving i keep seeing yeah. uh, smallville cool. <laughs> smallville uh welling get his name keeps getting mentioned of like could he be superman and supergirl I, if they allow that to happen then i think then you've opened the dc pandora's box for all the other shows i sure hope it happens yeah. i, I, I wonder like superman's gonna show up as like the season finale for supergirl this year and then maybe be more of a a regular character in season two. I hope that's the way they go. Cause it seems like they're slowly building up to it and, uh, maybe they'll finally get rid of that whole thing where, cause that's still <laughs> one thing that 
irks me a little bit when watching Supergirl. Like, oh, she could just go to Clark for if she needs help. Or I know, not necessarily help to defeat a bad guy, but in this last episode where she was saying, oh, I'm alone. Like, my aunt's like, she's evil and I can't trust my mom because I found out this, uh, what she did on Krypton. And it's like, I have no one, but you got your cousin. <laughs> Fly Metro- to Metropolis. <laughs> exactly. So, Get a yeah. hug from your cousin. <laughs> Little stuff like that still irks me about the show. But if they were able to bring Superman in there and not be afraid to, they're not afraid to name drop him. They do say his name a lot, so. Thankfully, it's a hard good. line to tread, though. Yeah. Like, I, I always thought that was weird. They always said that to um, the guys from Smallville. That literally every year they would go to D.C. and they'd be like, can we use Wonder Woman or Batman? And every year they would say no. Which and, was stupid because they weren't even using them. In, well, Batman. In the Batman movie, a but, little bit, yeah. you know. But, I mean, even there was points where Smallville was on for five years where Batman wasn't even exactly, on yeah. movies. And I remember uh, they tried to slip in a character – that they called Adam Knight. And he was going to be their backdoor Bruce Wayne. And then they got caught. So they had to like give him a different story and kind of alter it, uh, you know, cause DC shut them down. And I'm like, well, why is this such a big deal? You know, I mean, I get even just money wise, it would cost a lot of money to have, you know, Superman effects on a TV show. Um, you know, a lot, but I mean, they did it on Smallville for 10 years, but you know, whatever it, I don't know. <laughs> it's just those arguments never hold water for me um, because it doesn't matter if you use Stephen Amell as Green Arrow in your movie, in your TV show. Like People will get confused. Well, no, they won't. You know, they'll see one version of the character. And yeah. uh, most of the people that are going to see the movies that would be confused haven't seen the show probably. So, you know what I mean? It, but whatever. That's what we're not making the big bucks for that reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Apparently, I guess there's people smarter than us up there, but yeah. I and again, they also made episode. Green Lantern. So <laughs> <laughs> that had like five different writers. See, that's the weird thing. They had like all those different writers on the Green Lantern movie. And now they're the main people behind Arrow and Flash. And they've done great jobs with that. So I was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah. It yeah. almost makes you wonder if it wasn't kind of a fantastic four deal where the studio stepped in a little too much and, mm-hmm. Yeah. Wanted something different than what the creators had in mind. Yeah, definitely. Felt that's like what I'm thinking. Too much cooks in the kitchen for that movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, it's been great catching up with you guys on all the movies and TV show talk. But the last thing I wanted to talk to you guys about, and probably mainly for Rob, since Gary, you said you haven't read too much of the comics recently, but I kind of wanted to get your takes on some of the big Batman story arcs that happened over the last few years, starting with uh, some of the Scott Snyder stuff with. Uh, Zero Year and Endgame, which to me was might be one of his biggest and best stories yet. So, <laughs> Rob, what was your take on those two stories? Uh, Zero Year, for a while, I kind of started getting lost in it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of missed the days of a three or four issue. I mean, I think Snyder told his Clayface story in like two yeah, two maybe three issues, which I thought was really cool, and then bam, here's another twelve issue arc. I, it was going really good, and then like that midway uh, when he was fighting um, uh, the bony guy, I cannot uh, wrap my name around. Oh yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that whole that whole section, I was like, okay, let's bring it home, bring it home. I it was good. It after it was all out, when you start going. I didn't feel like I got lost during the Court of the Owls, but I got lost during a zero year. Um, and I end up after the last issue came out, I reread the whole thing once I had it in front of me. And I'm like, okay, that that actually was pretty decent, but I, I thought it just kind of 
droned on probably about five issues too long, uh, in my opinion. It was a good story. Uh, but Endgame, I loved that top to bottom, left to right. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, I thought that was done uh, beautifully. Um, and uh, uh, piggybacking that with like Court of the Owls of like those two were two of Snyder's stories at the, you know, the top of his game, introducing something brand new and then getting the end game with the Joker. And I loved, uh, you know, death of the family. So kind of tying that into death of the family and then pairing that with the court of the owls is just far as his best work so far has just been great. Um, and seeing the ending of, you know what happened in Endgame? I was just like, wow. You know, you, you kind of knew that's that's where it was going. A Batman that was like, you know what? Um, I'm taking the the reins off the wheel. You want it this way? You know, here we go. Where the Joker's like, you know, come at me, come at me. And then all of a sudden, he's like, well, no, no, hold on, wait. I, I don't want this. Yeah. <laughs> there, you know, where Batman flips it and turns around the Joker is kind of like, there's only one way this is going to end, and this is the way you want it. This is the way it's going to go down. I just I thought that was just really really good. Yeah, I mean, we just our last episode was our 2015 year in review, and that final part of Endgame, I think it was number 44, mm-hmm. or was it 44? Uh, I think 40. No, was 44 the flashback issue? Yes, okay, it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it was issue 40. That's what it was. Yeah. So I that was my favorite issue of last year. I mean, the way it was built up as like the final Batman and Joker fight. Jeez, it delivered. I mean, I don't want to repeat myself too much. This will be the third time <laughs> I'll be talking about how much I loved it, but I thought it was perfect. And just the idea of Joker getting into Batman's head as far as, is Joker actually an immortal and he's being, been around for ages in Gotham, terrorizing Gotham City before I was even born? Just the, that idea of getting in Batman's head, it just adds that little bit of creepiness of the Joker and his, the mystery surrounding him, which I just loved, added a new wrinkle to it. So, yeah, definitely with you on Endgames. So good. <laughs> I mean, Scott Snyder, I guess, if you were to, to if you were to do like a trilogy of his story arcs, I, I would be Court of Owls, Death of the Family, and then you can argue between Zero Year and Endgame. I would put Endgame as like the cap off to what he's done. Because yeah. Zero Year was pretty much, you know, the prequel story of Batman, or Bruce first becoming Batman. So just like a straight on Batman stories where he's, Bruce has been established as Batman and he's dealing with different cases. Those three story arcs are just home runs for Scott Snyder. They're just so good. And having to be with the Joker and to etch out a new classic Joker story, two of them actually, I think. But I think Endgame yeah. surpasses Death of the Family for me. So mm-hmm. he just me knocked too. it out of the park. So, Gary, if you're going to catch up on some comics, definitely check out uh, Death yeah, of the Family and Endgame. That's what I was going to ask. Um, yeah. Well, quick question for you guys. The whole Joker immortal thing. Mm-hmm. I, I read the. I remember the first few pages uh, when it was. I don't think it was leaked. I guess maybe the issue came out that week, and it was like everybody's like, "WTF? Joker's immortal uh, all of a sudden." Uh, was that concluded? Is he? Was he actually? Is he whatever immortal? No, or, it wasn't. No. Okay, so that was just him messing with Batman again. Yeah, and yeah, there's a good reason for why. Uh, he used that idea to play into Batman and to mess with him. Typical Joker self, which made it all work so good for me. So, yeah, it was, everything about it was a satisfying conclusion. That's so cool. So, yeah, definitely uh, check those out, Gary. <laughs> yeah, I will do. And, um, but, oh, sorry, go ahead, Rob. No, I, I didn't know where else you were going to go comic-wise if you have other comic questions. But I, I do have another favorite story from uh, 2015. Okay, yeah, go ahead. 
Uh, yeah, one more thing I'm going to ask you, but go ahead okay. and give your favorite story first. Uh, well, I might go off on a tangent, so uh, go ahead and ask. <laughs> okay, I was just going to kind of curious to hear, because I know you're probably ca- keeping up with Robin War and uh, the yes. Grayson's comic going on, but I'm not sure if, if you're reading uh, Batman and Robin Eternal. Are you keeping up with that? Yes, I am. Um, okay, I just want to get your, I guess, basic <laughs> feedback on how you're enjoying those stories, because unfortunately, I had to drop off on quite a few comic books Um financial reason and also just kind of not too happy what dc's been doing with their whole new 52 universe as a whole and had to pick and choose certain stuff and unfortunately some of those books got uh, taken away from my pull list so i've heard certain things about them but i've still for the most part been pretty clear of or stayed pretty clear of what the actual stories and what's been going down in those ones so kind of curious to hear your take on those three titles specifically uh, well, not to plug another podcast, but I'm <laughs> partnering with the Batman Universe. Actually, part of their comic podcast, Dustin reached out, or actually kind of reached out uh, to both of us. Uh, we're covering Robin War, and they're kind of covering the main uh, books. But uh, Dustin said we're not covering like Teen Titans and uh, Red Hood and Arsenal. So he said you guys just do all of them, and then it'll be like a companion podcast. We're recording Sunday, but anyway. Nice. Um, I've enjoyed uh, Robin War, and you know this was a big year for me being a Robin fan. Uh, last year was the 75th anniversary of uh, Robin, you know Dick Grayson. So I've been having a wonderful time on Everyone Loves the Drake, and then doing uh, Robin War, and then doing uh, Batman and Robin Eternal podcast, also on the Batman universe. <laughs> so I've been uh, all over uh, this year talking about Robin, but I I enjoy both of them uh, very well. It's servicing uh, all of the Robins very well, and uh, I think uh, Batman and Robin Eternal is a better told story than Batman Eternal was. Um, well, that's good to hear because that's actually what turned me off of Batman and Robin Eternal. I was disappointed <laughs> with how Batman Eternal wrapped up and just how there were so many like non-important issues throughout the course of the year just to get those weekly stories out. It just dragged <laughs> on and didn't, well, to me, amount to much when it was all said and done. Well, you're looking at, you know, Batman Eternal was 52 books. This is uh, half of those books. So it's only 26, so it's a, a mini-weekly series. Definitely the way so, to go, I would think. <laughs> yeah, and uh, we've been talking about it, <clears throat> excuse me, on the show, where, you know, Eternal has, you know, so many issues that you got to drag out. Okay, now this villain shows up, and then this villain shows up, and yep. then, okay, here's the, here's the big bad. Oh, nope, psych, it's this person, you know, where... Uh, mother is the central character of the story, and uh, just to kind of give you a quick brief synopsis of it, it's um, Batman has done something with Mother. She um, has these children, and apparently Bruce may have chosen somebody to replace Dick Grayson. Like he wasn't happy with Dick, or you are led to believe he's not happy with Dick. So he goes to mother to get a child. So you're trying to figure out, well, which Robin did he replace? Did he replace a Robin, you know, and with Bruce having amnesia and not knowing who he is, he can't go ask and talk to Bruce because Bruce has no idea what's going on. So it's all the Robins uh, working together and we're getting Cassandra Kane brought back in and Stephanie Brown is back. So uh, Cassandra Kane, for anybody that has enjoyed Cassandra Kane, this feels very much like the Cassandra Kane that we all know and love. So um, is she I, mute again or is she talking? Uh, <laughs> she's, mute. she's mute again. She does say a few words here or there, but it's, 
done through like sign language and her fighting style dictates uh, her first meeting of Grayson, Red Robin, Red Hood. Uh, hasn't met Damien yet. Um, she fights them in their fighting stance uh, the, and the way that you know they fight and the way that they draw. She's pinpointing into their moves and things like that. And she only says like, hi, mother help love you know very uh, broken you know david kane's in there so i, I really kind of recommend um it you know reading this it, it very much like batman eternal was kind of its own separate thing this is very much in the world of the batman scott snyder story that is going on because okay. you do have a, a bruce wayne that's not there so dick grayson's having to kind of lead lead the charge and also finding out did Bruce hate me? What what was wrong? What what was the deal? So I I, I can't recommend it enough. I think it's been really good. Um, a Robin War uh, just wrapped up. Um, a big status quo change has happened for um, a member of the Bat family. And uh, you can go full spoilers for me if that's all right with you too, Gary. <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, this goes clear back to the Court of the Owls, uh, the Gray Son of Gotham had to make a choice. Uh, the Court of the Owls put a, a bomb or something that was going to go off in Damien. And that, that's been a cool thing that Dick and Damien have got to see each other for the first time and realize, hey, you're alive. I'm alive. Um, and uh, Damien was going to sacrifice himself to the Court of the Owls, and was, this was going to end the war that was going on between the Talons and all the Robins. And Dick uh, wouldn't uh, allow it. And gives himself up to the Court of the Owls. So not only is he Agent Grayson, but he is also a member of the Court of the Owls. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, I actually <laughs> would prefer to read more of that storyline than what the whole Grayson secret agent thing. Because I've gone on to death. I know everyone says how good it is, but just the idea of how it all went down still eats at me. <laughs> I... Yeah, I'm I'm telling you, I've... It's taken me a while to read Grayson, and I, I want my Grayson as Nightwing. And they hinted that Nightwing was coming back in Robin War. Um, and the whole thing with Robin War is Damien and all the other Robins looking at the We Are Robins and saying, you guys, you kids aren't Robins. You haven't been trained. You haven't been doing this. And getting each of them to say and admit, I'm not Robin, I'm not Robin. Hmm. And the court of the owls coming back and wanting to make all the official Robins question are you a robin um and getting dick grayson to go i'm not dick grayson i'm not nightwing i'm not robin i'm not anything i was groomed for only one thing in this life that i found out and that was to be an owl and that's the choice Hmm. that he's making so is he playing triple agent now (laughs) or so it's it's made the grayson series even better with this uh final reveal so um, if you don't want to hop on, you know, Batman and Robin Eternal, uh, Robin War is just worth uh, the pickups. You don't have to worry about the, you know, satellite titles, just the main uh, story. I'm sure it'll be collected here before too long, but it's right, cool. It's, yeah, it's, that's it's my good. plan was to get them collected. If I've heard good things about them, and so far from what, hearing from you, Rob, it sounds like they're pretty good. So I think I'll have to check them out. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> cool. So I'm sorry, <laughs> I wanted to find out about those titles, but now you can go on to what your other favorite uh, story was. Uh, my other favorite story was Robin Rises. Um, I thought that, that was good. Yeah, it was great seeing the way uh, Damien uh, was brought back, and you know, it's the trope of uh, comics, which kind of leads into you know what I have not been reading in uh, Batman uh, is okay. We're going to kill a character. We're going to change for a while, and I 
like oh, got to the point where everybody hated Damien to where mm-hmm. everybody started to like Damien, and then you kill him off. So uh, getting to see him brought back and all the links that Bruce was uh, working for to you know risk his life going to apocalypse and you know his family coming together to help him i just that final issue was great and to cap it off a friend of mine went to new york comic con and got to meet patrick gleason and i have his uh, actual outlined signed to rob robin lives forever pete tomasi and it's batman and robin 38 robin rises oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's so awesome cool. i printed that picture out it looked really cool <laughs> <laughs> yeah so getting to see a handwritten note there so that that even just made the story and she uh went on to you know say you know my friend rob really likes the story so to to get his actual script and then to read the script fa- page for page and see the notes that he was giving patrick gleason to do the art it just in reading them both and taking them together just was uh, absolutely beautiful so i i liked that just that father and son dynamic um uh, two, I thought two really good stories with Endgame and Robin Rises in the year. I thought was just was really good. And I really liked uh, the last final issues of Batman and Robin, where Damien had superpowers. He was pretty much like Superman. I was yeah. real skeptical at that at first, like, oh, like how is this going to work? But it actually turned out to be really good. It, it just strengthened his relationship with Bruce a lot even further. So that whole final arc of Batman and Robin, I thought was really good too. And at that, that also plays into uh, Batman and Robin Eternal, where uh, Damien coming up against, you know, robot Batman and knowing my father would not dress this stupid. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that like there's no way that's my father in there. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little banter, you know, between him and Dick of like, why would you let my dad do something this dumb? Like, that's not your father. I didn't think so. You know, that type of stuff. You know, bringing that up, I have to ask you guys about that now. What would your, even if you haven't read it, Gary, just what's your whole take to the idea of Gordon being Batman in that robot suit in the current story arc right now? I love it. <laughs> but it just as a pitch, like that idea is awesome. I, I love that. That was one of my favorite things they would do um, in Batman the Animated Series when the, in, they had the show Bruce uh, and Batman in the same place, and they would always have someone else in the Batman suit, and it'd always be a joke. Like sometimes it was Superman, sometimes it was someone yeah. else. Um, you know, there's always has to be someone standing in for him because there's always those moments where Bruce and Batman have to be in the same place, uh, you know, to dissuade people and things like that. Um, I, I and I love the idea of commissioner gordon stepping in kind of a batman role too that's kind of funny kind of what we see on gotham a little bit yeah what do you think about the suit though what do you think about the design and all of it i haven't seen it what is it oh really you haven't checked it out it's like a big blue chappy yeah yeah (laughs) a more like bigger version of chappy yeah bunny years yeah really yeah yeah try looking it up i'm curious to hear i'm I'm literally googling this right now i have to okay but what do you think about it rob I'm sorry. What was the question? <laughs> See, I, it almost sounds like you're joking because you don't like it. <laughs> I hate it. Um, I knew it. I I feel like this is, you know, going back to my teen days, reading um, I about said Arkham Knight, Nightfall, seeing Jean Paul, and go, nope, I'm done. I'm gonna follow the Bruce Wayne stuff, and. You know, a few years later, after it was collected, I actually read the Jean-Paul Batman and was like, "Oh, that's actually not too bad." Um, I picked up the first issue with because it was in my poll list, and I forgot to tell the comic shop to drop the book. So I read that first issue, and I'm just like, "I, I can't, I can't do it." And I 
I'm from the other side of it. I'm like, okay, Batman's dead. Okay, we got to have somebody fill in. I'm like, who's next? Alfred going to be Batman? Well, now it's going to be Bullock. You know, uh, like, oh, now now Commissioner Gordon can empathize with Batman. Like, I see how tough it is for you out there. I, I always liked it more in The Dark Knight Rises where Gordon looked up to Batman. Like, I, or even the animated series, you know, if I was younger and a little bit, you know, tougher, I, I might have been able to be. I thought that was a great animated series episode. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. to kind of like, okay, I'm going to take turbo gain, weight 4,000. I'm going to bulk up like I was a Marine again. I'm going to shave my head and shave my mustache and I'm like, so after he's back, are you going to go back to being the old gray-haired Commissioner Gordon that sits behind a desk and turns on the bat signal again? So as you can tell, I haven't been a fan. Uh, <laughs> um, although seeing uh, the uh, – I don't know if the last issue's out where Bruce is on a park bench. Is that out? Mm, yeah. Yeah. So seeing that, and I'm like, okay. you know. So probably once it's collected, I'll probably – pick it up or thumb through it at a bookstore. And if it kind of catches my attention, I, to me, Bruce Wayne is Batman. I know through 75 years, you got to have the ups and downs and, you know, change things up a little bit, but I, I don't know. I would have hearing that Snyder's original intention was to put Tim Drake as Batman, but then Tim got put as Batman beyond. Yeah. So he, they thought, well, let's just do commissioner Gordon. Then I, then I was like, are we just drawing names out of a hat here? <laughs> so, I've been hearing that's been well received amongst you know the core fans, but I'm I'm playing more of it. Let wake me up when Bruce Wayne is back in the costume again. And I hear that Snyder just uh, Snyder Capullo just finished his new designs of a new Bat costume. Yeah, I saw that too. On approval, so that has me going. Don't do something silly, you know. Great Bruce Wayne is Batman, but now he's in this weird costume, or it could be a, a totally cool costume. So. Um, probably wasn't the answer you were looking for, but <laughs> I, that, that's kind of my uh, opinion lately. So um, it, it sounds like how I feel about Grayson <laughs> is you on the new Batman status quo with Corden. Uh, I will say yeah. the Bruce stuff in it's been really good. That's the most intriguing part of it. The Gordon stuff as Batman has its moments, but his main story arc and the villain he's fighting right now has gone on a little too much. And I'm at the point now, okay, let's wrap it up and let's get Bruce back in the costume, which, yeah. Oh, what a coincidence. It's going to happen in March, right? When a certain <laughs> movie comes out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, but did you see it, Gary? I'm not a huge fan of the costume. Yeah. I mean, it's not terrible, but like I, I literally pulled up a panel and it's like, uh, uh, Gordon himself says, I look at that thing, but I just don't see Batman. And then there's a lady that gives a little techno babble about it being nanocarbon and whatever. And he's like, well, that may be, but I still don't see it. It's like a bunny. <laughs> yeah, that's another uh, thing. The yeah. series has been really self-aware about that. Pretty much saying what a lot of the fans have been saying who haven't been liking the design almost so much was like, okay, if you know, it's going to be like, such so like a, the front of a joke for people saying how it's not a real Batman suit. Why would you even do it in the first place? I mean, he actually has like a, a Batman suit without a cape. Yeah, so, that looks cool. I mean, that that looks the black one with a yellow outline on it. Yeah, yeah. that one looks pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's decent enough. Like, so. I don't know why they just didn't use that as the main. I mean, I guess because they had to make it plausible that Old Man Gordon could be fighting. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm guessing that's why, right? Yeah, I don't know. yeah. It's throughout the whole police department, I mean, they. 
the whole purpose of it is like for Batman to be the first one to kind of build an army of these robot suits, and like send it to each superhero city. Like the one in Metropolis would have a Superman logo on it, the one in Coast City would have a Green Lantern logo on that type of thing huh. to kind of like bring that superhero inspiring symbol to the police force. So, yeah, well, of course, we all probably know that's not going to work out in the end, but <laughs> yeah, it's one of those things too where you know this isn't going to last very long, and we're just counting down yeah. to when Bruce yeah. is coming back. So it's like it's funny, Rob, that you mentioned Cassandra Kane too, because uh, I had a coworker this week that she uh, wore in. Uh, actually, she had a custom-made Cassandra Kane hoodie, Ooh. and I was just like, "Wow, is that is that like a Batgirl thing?" She's like, "Oh yeah, Cassandra Kane." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I love her," and she like was surprised first of all that I even knew who she was. Um, <laughs> And then uh, we talked a little bit, and she's like, yeah, and now she's back in the comics again, and Batman's dead. And I, I just, like, I hadn't been following it very well, so I didn't know Batman was dead again. And I'm like, really, again? Like, yeah. didn't they just do that a couple of years ago, and they had the pirate Batman and the caveman Batman and all that stuff? That was my reaction uh, when I first got announced. <laughs> yeah. Same here, yeah. I'm like, I mean, I get that they, you know, comics have been around so long, They eventually they have to rehash the same storylines and same uh, plot points, you know, every once in a while, but... So literally within like was it five years or something they're having batman die again and then having someone take over for him again and it's an extended thing but and he's gonna be back again yeah the you one know? thing i think it was good about this where instead of keeping the mystery that oh he is dead how it's gonna come back scott snyder did it like the same issue the last issue of endgame you knew bruce wayne was still alive he just has amnesia and he doesn't know that he was batman so i think that was good just to have him there be a presence while there's a new Batman out there. I think that's pretty cool. And it does make for the more interesting parts of the book, like I said. So I think that's one uh, positive thing that I would give DC for doing, not dragging out, oh, Bruce is dead. How is he going to come back and all that? So, And at least it wasn't Dick Grayson as Batman for, what, a third time now replacing Bruce? (laughs) Right. Still, I'd still take him as Batman again over Secret Agent, but I mean, yeah, me too. But I, I, mean, <laughs> I thought the same thing. You know, he doesn't need to be Grayson if everybody knows that he's Dick Grayson. Then throw him in the Bat costume, and you've still got a Batman running around, and Dick Grayson can kind of still exist. So it's a new idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see how it all happens or ends up the new status quo in March when Bruce comes back. But between Batman v Superman. And this new status quo, like I said, we're going to get in the comics, the new animated movies, especially with Killing Joke. And unfortunately, we don't have a new Batman game this year, but yeah. it's pretty safe to say 2016 is going to be pretty an awesome year for Batman. <laughs> so it's, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. One, class, one, blah, blah, blah. one <laughs> quick last thing uh, with on the video game front. Have they announced any future Batman titles? Because I know they said at one point they were going to do a sequel to Injustice, but I haven't heard a peep yeah. about that, and I haven't heard anything at all otherwise. You know what? Otherwise. i got to correct myself. Uh, well, I don't know if it's this year, but um, last month, uh, Telltale Games announced they're doing a Batman game. Oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, so I, I just don't know if it's stuff. this year, though, or not. Now, have you guys seen the last Arkham Insider uh, video that they put out? It was kind of like their, their recap of you know their run with the Arkham series, they asked the lead video game director. They said, "So is is this the the end for you know Batman or uh, Batman for Rocksteady?" And they do that clever little thing where, as he's just getting ready to answer the question, he says, "Well," and then they do like somebody change the channel really quick. You get static and then it comes yeah. back. So it was <laughs> kind of like the hint of like, well, maybe it's the end of Arkham. So I kind of. Don't think Rocksteady's totally 
done with Batman, but maybe it's Batman in a, a different setting. So yeah, yeah, I didn't know about that or see that video. So that that definitely <laughs> leads me to believe that we're going to get more <laughs> yeah. of them in the future. <laughs> and Which, I mean, like we've been saying all along, if Batman v Superman and all these other movies do well and make them tons of money, then they'll definitely be doing more DC products. So exactly, you know. and. <laughs> those, those developers at Rocksteady have a track record, and why wouldn't you use them again? Oh, yeah. The only thing I could think of is maybe they themselves think, you know what, we want to do our own IP game and <laughs> something <laughs> right. creative than superhero stuff. So give us a chance to do one game on ourselves, and maybe we'll come back and do DC superhero stuff again. It's like directors that get involved with projects or franchises for three or four movies, and they're like, you know what? I mean, I've done nothing but this series basically for 10 years now. Can I get a little break, please? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, like Joss Whedon, the poor man, just gave away like six years of his life for two Avengers movies, you know, at least. Uh, so, you know. I, I get it. <laughs> yeah. I get wanting a break, but I, I hope that doesn't also mean that we don't get any more quality DC video game titles. Because literally, other side of oh, geez, aside from the Batman ones, we pretty much only had the Superman Returns tie-in that I remember. Yeah. Uh, anytime recently, and Injustice, yeah. and you know, Injustice was cool though. I really liked that one. I liked it too. Yeah, I mean, the story was awesome. Yeah, I'm actually surprised they haven't a sequel for that because it just that game begs for a sequel. <laughs> really, there's so many and more it's characters. Sold really well too, from what I hear. Yeah, like, a lot of them great. Yeah, they were they were saying they were going to do a sequel. I think at a Comic Con, someone asked them uh, after the game was a hit. You know, hey, are you going to do another one? And they're like, oh, of course, we're already working on it. Like the the first game did really well for us. Blah blah blah, and not a word since. So yeah. yeah. Especially since it was on last gen, to see it on this current generation of consoles, man, it should look awesome. <laughs> But yeah. then again, they also dropped a Cloverfield sequel trailer out of nowhere, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you never know if tomorrow we could get some sort of announcement like, hey, here's a new Batman game coming out. You know, you never know. And you can download it right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> That'll be the day. It would be awesome if that happens and the game's actually good. Then it would be the ultimate win for us. It would be impressive if they could just keep it a secret that well. <laughs> That's yeah, the hardest part, yeah. In this day and age, keeping anything a secret, hats off if they're able to. Yep, yeah. big time. Definitely. Well, guys, this has been awesome. <laughs> so glad that you guys were able to come on tonight and catch up and talk about Batman for two hours. So yeah, it was really fun. Thanks so much. Definitely. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. So before we go, if you guys want to plug anything where people can find you online or different podcasts or projects that you guys are doing. Well, um, Right now, I'm all over the BatmanUniverse.net <laughs> doing... Uh, Where would you uh, rather be, really? <laughs> yeah, yeah, seriously. Um, I told Dustin it's going to be the Robin uh, universe for yeah. a while. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're wrapping up our or my part with the uh, comic cast. Um, doing Robin War. We're recording that uh, this Sunday as, as we're recording it. Uh, this is Friday for us right now, as you're listening. Um we're also I'm also part of uh, Batman and Robin Eternal, which is going to be a six month uh, podcast. We're doing a, you know six episodes, so that'll be wrapping up once the series is done. And then the main thing that you can find me on is Robin. Everyone loves the Drake uh, here on the BatmanUniverse.net, where it's all Tim Drake. We're working our way through the Nightfall uh, saga, and I've already sent the invitation out to you, Tim. We're at the breaking of Batman. So uh, now I can talk to you in person and say we would love to have you on, and we'll just kind of coordinate schedules to get you um, over there. That was always something that all of us had in common on the Batman or on the Bat fans. We would say, oh, you know, Nightfall was that 
that pivotal thing that kind of all got us in comics and that was <laughs> we all you know enjoyed so it'll be fun getting a chance to talk that with you and i'll send information to you with that way but it's um, so funny whenever we would have a new person on this podcast i'm sorry to cut you off rob we no, can no, no. get right back to that but every time we would have a new person join the cast of our podcast almost everybody would say that was the, that was the one story that got them really yep. into comics yeah uh, it was definitely that way for me and uh for bob who used to host the podcast on the gotham knights website where we came from originally um who got us all together uh, everybody was like, oh yeah, you know, <laughs> that was one of our biggest stories. That was the one that really got us back into comics or got us to check out comics the first time or whatever. It's so funny how that's a touchstone story for so many of us. Yep. And it's always great to hear no matter how many people come in and say it's their favorite. Right. I always <laughs> like hearing it. Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, you know, what I've been doing since, uh, the bat fans and, uh, we're looking at, you know, nightfall more through Tim Drake's eyes. So we've been kind of jumping issues where, you know, where Tim's not really, uh, in the story. And the main goal of the podcast is to get to the Robin ongoing series, which of course comes out of nightfall. So, uh, yeah, I was going to say not too far off now. No. Yeah. We'll, we'll do, uh, you know, the breaking of Batman, the issue right after that, which is the issue I'm, you know, throwing out of the episode I'm throwing out to you. So I'll, I'll send you an email kind of pinning down time. So, um, on Facebook, I've got a, a Facebook page. Uh, everyone loves the Drake. So, you know, feel free to comment and, uh, chat over there as episodes go up. Cool. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how about you, Gary? Any projects you're working on a podcast or just where people uh, can find you online? Social well, media? yeah. Um, actually, uh, other another thing for old school listeners of this podcast might know that Dane used to be affiliated with uh, the Walking Dead podcast, um, which uh, some of his buddies set up, and he guest spotted on it uh, several times back in the day. And uh, after the original hosts left, me and my friend Scott took it over, and we've been doing that now for uh, over a year for sure. Um, I'm, I'm not sure exactly how long, but we've been doing it for a while, and that's my main thing now. So uh, the Walking Dead Podcast dot com. And you can find us on Facebook, Walking Dead Podcast, and uh, we'd love to have you. It's really fun, and we got a really good name with the Walking Dead Podcast, so we get like casting submissions, people trying to get on the show, and things like that. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Like, early, yeah, that's like, great. We literally get the, like these kids that'll be like, "Oh, I'm 11, and I would I could play a great friend for Carl, and uh, you know I'd be a great addition to your show." And they, we get headshots even emailed to us and oh, stuff man. like that. Wow. And, it used to be way worse back in the day. They would always make jokes that even the comments on the websites had people trying to cast themselves on the show. And it says like unofficial podcast on the whole thing, you know, but everybody just instantly assumed we were the main walking dead source. Um, <laughs> Have you ever messed you know. with them and say, yeah, we're this weekend. <laughs> uh, we did a little bit back in the day, but then now it's gotten to a point where we're just like, Hey, I'm sorry. We're not officially connected with them. We can't really help you. You know, here's their casting office, you know, uh, that's pretty much all we can do for you. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's really fun. And walking dead is another thing like Batman, very popular right now. So, uh, we definitely have a lot of activity over there too. It's really fun. Cool. I will definitely have to check that out. I'm a huge walking dead fan. So I've been kind of looking for a walking dead podcast and page to kind of hang out on. So, uh, yeah. don't be surprised. You might see me over there. <laughs> well, cool. Check it out. And, uh, if you want to, you can go back a little bit and you can find Dane's episodes. He did, he was popular for a segment, uh, where it called Dane's drunken corner. Where he, <laughs> as, as he was watching the episode, he would drink a lot of beer and take the notes of his drunken mind on the walking dead episode. And he would save his best compliment comments. And, uh, 
uh, give a list of them off to the guys. Um, uh, wow. So, yeah, that was a fun little segment. Uh, he's only been on a few times since we took over because, uh, you know, he's a busy man and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, it's been uh, good doing it. And I'm grateful to Dane for uh, the, what would you call it, uh, opportunity. And, uh, you know, I was hoping to say that to him himself, but uh, he's off in Hawaii doing cool Hawaii guy things. So, you know, good for him. <laughs> you know what, I'm not a big fan of The Walking Dead. I've actually never seen the series. I know I'm in the minority there, but oh, I'll probably have to check out those episodes uh, just to hear Dane's drunk yeah. before. <laughs> I mean, just, yeah. just without context, even hearing his comments on it, is they were pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, this has been a blast. And again, thanks for being a part of this milestone of our 100th episode. And great to have you guys as part of the history of the show. Talking Batman again with you guys has been lots of fun. So. Definitely hope to do it again in the future. So Definitely. Thanks for joining us again, and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. All right, so that was great to hear from uh, Rob and Gary again. We haven't talked to those guys in a while, especially Gary, who... Who's on from episode one to eleven? I think was his run on the show. So it's great to catch up with him, get his take, and Rob's too on what's going on with Batman v Superman and just the world of Batman. So great to hear from those guys again. Unfortunately, we tried to get uh, all the co-hosts we've had from the show, like PJ and Terrence, but unfortunately, schedules <laughs> conflicts arise, and we weren't able to meet up for the recording. But uh, we'll hear from them in a little bit from some email messages they got. So it's great to have. I wanted to get everyone who was a host on the show involved with episode 100. So glad we got to talk to Rob and Gary and then hear from a little bit from Terrence and PJ. So, but Dane, man, <laughs> just to kind of reflect a bit on episodes one through 99. I mean, on episode 50, we kind of went back and looked at some of our favorite moments, some of our favorite topics and stuff. So instead of kind of retreading all that, at least for me, I kind of just want to talk a little bit of how what it means to me as far as being part of this podcast and getting to episode 100 because it's really an accomplishment when you start something and you never know how it's going to go and how long it lasts and just sometimes life gets in the way and certain circumstances come up that might cause you not to do it anymore. So it's really glad that uh, you and me were able to stick with it for 100 episodes and just I remember just being a fan of podcast i started listening to podcasts probably around 2008 2009 and then always enjoy listening to it i mean just like listening to a radio show on your favorite topic and when i was listening to i never thought about oh this is something i'd like to do or be a part of someday i was just enjoying it as a listener but it was when we start getting involved with uh bob and the old gotham knights online website and podcast where i first heard that and then started interacting on the forums and getting to know you, Gary, Bob on there. And it's like, yeah, these are really cool guys. It would be like awesome to talk with them on a show. And then before you know it, we started doing the show. We moved over to Bat fans, and it's just been a great ride. I mean, going back, I kind of wanted to refresh myself a little bit for episode 100, kind of going through some of our old episodes. And as I was going through them, it was bringing back some really good memories. So Despite if we were, there were some episodes that I'm sure were better than others. It was just a fun time <laughs> all the way through. So it's really glad to be a part of it. And so happy that we made it to 100. So it's, I'll say it's been an honor, Dane. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, I'm still... I, I still don't know how we did it. I don't know how we made it to 100. Though. I mean, I thought, thought maybe like yeah, 75. We'll, we'll do 75 of these and maybe we'll burn out. Or, you know, Tim will move on to another Star Wars podcast. <laughs> or, or something. Or something would happen. But I, I just don't know how we did it. Like this whole week, I, I, I've just been wondering how... In the world, we did this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but man, it's flown by. I mean, it just seems like a few like weeks ago we were trying to set this whole thing up. I mean, you were talking with us and we were figuring out what we wanted to do. That was back in 2012. <laughs> April was when we first started, and man, it's flown by. Cause I always thought it was because when we started on Gotham Knights Online, it was kind of in. I think my first episode was episode 50. I'm not sure what was the last one we left off on, but I always figured, man, it'd be really cool to make it to a 100 episode of a podcast and be a part of that. And um, like you said, when we first started this, you never know how things are going to go and what circumstances might come up. But I was always hoping we'd make it to 100. And here we are. We did make it. (laughs) And man, just going back from when we began, as I talked a little bit uh, with Gary and Rob about the Batman stuff that went on from when we first started up until now, I have to say we probably could not have picked a better time <laughs> to begin the podcast and to continue on with it. Well, technically maybe you could say 2005 might've been the best time to start it with Batman begins <laughs> and follow the whole Nolan trilogy. But we started with the hype of dark Knight rises and it was kind of the end of that. But we came on on that time period with the movies, the uh, right around the New 52 was still getting going and all that whole DC relaunch and what was going on in the Batman comics. That was a great time to be a part of it. Um, the Arkham games were just really starting to become this gaming phenomenon. I mean, we came on a few months after Arkham City came out and then we got Arkham Origins and Arkham Knight, which were great games. And Batman became the staple of superhero video games, which was great. And we still were getting great DC animated movies and here we are. As like we began with Dark Knight Rises and the Nolan trilogy ending, we're right in the midst of Batman v Superman and the whole DC extended <laughs> universe and all this cool stuff that's coming on the horizon. So I think we picked a pretty good time to start podcasting, and we're not going to be short of stuff to talk about. That's for sure for the next 100 episodes. <laughs> yeah, and plus two. I mean, we did come from another site. And I think we did about, or at least, I think I did about 35 episodes for uh, Gotham Knights. And, you know, we all knew each other. We knew how to podcast. And we knew, um, you know, just how to do it. So I guess if you look at it that way, we kind of have the advantage on our side. Hmm. Experience always helps, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we still may sound inexperienced <laughs> when we record episodes, but yeah. it's great definitely yeah, to have that in like the back of your pocket to look back on and when you do, well, especially when you wanted to start a new show like we did, we weren't going into it like, okay, this is our very first part, podcast that we're ever doing together. It was great to have that. You know, the camaraderie we built with you, me, and Gary at first and PJ with the last few Gotham Knights online episodes and just carry that over into Batfans. It was pretty much a smooth transition, I will say, (laughs) 
just how it all flowed nicely. We just carried on and probably put a little more of a, you know, relaxed uh, spin on it. Like we'd go on those just random topics, which is you know, <laughs> a staple of our show, <laughs> which I'm proud of. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't annoy two people. We usually don't get bad feedback about that. People seem to like our random tangents and weird off topics that we go on to <laughs> they're still fun to talk about for me anyway that's definitely <laughs> something we don't plan on like oh we're going to talk about this random 80s movie that nobody saw <laughs> it just <laughs> happens and it flows naturally it's awesome yeah i mean pretty much the only thing that's written down is the feature topic what uh what minute of the dark Knight rises minute by minute competition yeah. <laughs> is gonna be. uh a couple of news stories and uh the comics list so all of that other stuff i mean i don't know where it comes from i mean it's just like the weirdest topics the the, the weirdest things i don't i don't know how we do it too i know <laughs> <laughs> i remember too on the heart like we we're talking about the show notes and stuff remember every time i somehow goof up on a comic number or a spelling of a certain comic oh, yeah. title. Terrence would always call me out on it, being the teacher. <laughs> See, how would he even notice? I mean, is he re- reading it that intensely? <laughs> and is he okay? We're 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 talking about uh, Batman, uh, the Dark Knight. Oh, Tim forgot to uh, spell rises correctly. So that's how I'm gonna. I'm going to have to give him the red X on that yeah. one. <laughs> if he had to grade the show notes I would send, uh, I'd probably have a bad report card. Yeah. <laughs> and it's stupid. The main reason for my mistakes on those is I figure, oh, I got spell check on here. I'll just type it in real quick. If there was a mistake, it'd be like highlighted red, and I know to correct the spelling if I type it too fast or miss something. But it would all look fine. And then when I send it, like, nope, that's wrong. The episode number or the comic number doesn't isn't right. You're a few off. It's like, uh <laughs> But I think we've been I've been doing better since the those early episodes. So at least I like to think so. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen any, but you did have a hundred episodes to, yeah. <laughs> to practice it. I better be fine with it now. <laughs> <laughs> but one thing I wanted to ask you too, as I were talking about all the Batman stuff that went on since we first started in two thousand twelve, was there something not maybe not necessarily the discussion we had, but just something that happened in the world of Batman that was your favorite that we did get to talk about over the course of 99 episodes. Hmm. You know what? I'm going to have to say that it's, it's either going to be uh dark Knight rises doing our after show or whatever, or, uh, our episode that we did for, was it the trailer or was it, um, or not the trailer, the, uh, uh, the the Batman v Superman teaser. Did we do something for that? Um, we did do one. Well, we did, of course, talked about for all of them. Yeah. I think for like a special one where we just like dedicated the whole episode to that. Yeah. I think that was the. I know we did one actually for the costume, the reveal of that, where we first got yeah, the, look yeah. at the Batmobile and Ben Affleck as Batman. But I think for the teaser, actually, I'm going to look at that right now. I'm you might be right. Yeah, it it was either the teaser or it was Ben Affleck. Yeah, it was the costume, the reveal. Okay, of ben yeah, costume. probably that one because that that costume still blows me away, and just getting to talk about it, you know, the the day it came out. Yeah, 
Because what was cool about that was Zack Snyder just teased the Batmobile was going to be revealed like the following day. And then, boom, there's Batman <laughs> right there. Yeah, nobody expected it either. So, yeah. Yeah, it's probably that. Yeah, because I remember you saying in text, oh, we got to talk about this right now. <laughs> it just looks so awesome. Yeah. Thankfully, we did. But for me, man, there's so much because, like I said, so many awesome Batman stuff happened. I will say Dark Knight Rises definitely because that was part of our early episodes, getting hyped up for that and then finally getting to see it and being so hyped about it afterwards and talking about it and <laughs> hearing you saying all the stories you had with it where you saw it 10 times <laughs> in the theaters, day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which was <laughs> awesome. And yeah, of course, the, this is awesome for me and I just got to give thanks for being part of the podcast in the Batman universe, being able to cover those uh, premieres for Dark Knight Returns and some of the other DC movies, but mainly the Dark Knight Return ones, because especially part one, because that's where I got to meet Bruce Tim for the first time and make him cry a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> which is always going to be my claim to fame. But getting the chance to experience yeah. that was just so awesome. So, and then, do, you, do you remember what you asked him? Yeah, I was asking about Batman, the animated series 20th anniversary, and he said, oh, thanks for making me feel old. I'm going to cry now <laughs> or something <laughs> like that. Uh, that was fun but then again sharing it with you guys and with the listeners hopefully getting a kick out of that just being you know how much of a fanboy i am with Batman the animated series so any chance i get to talk about that and then getting to meet the master behind it all bruce Tim was such a highlight for me over the course of doing this podcast so yeah that was awesome and even our uh batman the animated series discussion episodes were fun i think it was episode i actually got my folder open of all the cover arts that we <laughs> I've done over the course of 99. It was episode 12 where we were given our favorite Batman the Animated Series moments, and that was a lot of fun. Yeah, of course it was for you, Tim. <laughs> so I've actually, going back and going through all our episodes, um, not to go into full depth of all our, or in-depth of all the discussions we've had, but I did make a list of some of my favorite topics that we've had over the course of 99 episodes. So I'm going to run through those real quick. My first one that I mentioned, of course, Batman the Animated Series. And then, do you remember the one where we had our worst ideas for uh, Batman v Superman, like the worst plot points? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that was probably my favorite feature topic. Yeah. <laughs> it's coming up with terrible ideas for Batman v Superman. <laughs> yeah, some of them were... It wasn't mine, but I think this might have been yours, or was it Terrence? I don't remember, but it was... Someone thought of turning into like a old like early 90s sitcom like full house or family matters or something like that <laughs> it was like parents yeah it was like set in san francisco you had that shot of the golden gate bridge and it was like have this cheesy <laughs> theme song to open it up <laughs> yeah that was definitely a good one and then um another cool one we have was our favorite batman memories i remember you me terrence and rob were sharing some of them uh just the early memories of kids and what was our favorite uh, stuff we've experienced as like little batman fans that was fun then our favorite Batman decade, which I think all of us agreed in unison, was the 90s. <laughs> so it was great to share that with being be on the same page with everybody. Is because I thought I was going to be the only one to pick the 90s, but I think we all picked that one, which was cool. And then changes made to the Batman mythos was a pretty cool discussion. Just like all the interpretations there have been of Batman, just which changes were some of our favorite was fun to talk about. And then another cool one was uh, one that Mark actually suggested to us where, like, well, it's the best Batman books for new readers to begin with. 
I kind of made that big old list that had all, or which I try to think would be the best ways chronologically to start with Batman books and lead up to the current one. So that was fun to get together and uh, talk about on the show. And then, Dane, this one was one that I would pretty last minute where we talked about. It was something where you and me were just like super busy that week. I didn't have a chance to get together and talk about what feature topic was going to be for that episode. And right before we started, I just threw this out. And it became a great conversation for that episode and even for the conversation later on with some of the emails we would get. And that was where we talked about our DC and Marvel character trades <laughs> proposal episodes where you and me became GMs. That one was a lot of fun. <laughs> it was fun and g- gave us a lot of legs to talk about, too. Yeah, especially when you get real complicated. Like, you can take a player plus cash or mm-hmm. if it's a, if it's just a straight-up trade Exactly. Especially when you and me being such baseball nerds, we know some of the ins and outs of being a GM and those weird trades scenarios that go on. So yeah, that was a lot of fun. Or a, a superhero to be named later. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was great. And also our favorite Batman toys as kids talking about, and which all the ones we collected and played with the most. That was really cool to talk about. And then the another one, I think the last one I have on my list is that idea i had where what if dc decided to make all batman stories one single canon where like the movies tv shows games and comic books all tied into each other i still think that might be something worth trying but (laughs) it'll never happen but it was interesting to talk about just the ideas and the possibilities of what that would be like if dc ever did that but yeah so those are some of my favorite ones but dan i gotta ask you if you remember this because I was going through the descriptions of some episodes, and I totally forgot about this. Do you remember my interview with the fake Scott Snyder? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I totally forgot about those. <laughs> Why did we do that? Oh, because we could never get Scott Snyder to do an interview with us. <laughs> oh, man. I Yeah, that was something, too. I just popped it right out of the blue. You just started doing his voice and <laughs> doing this uh, makeshift interview with him. And yours was pretty good, I have to say. <laughs> I don't know if you can still do it now. With, I know you're not feeling too good with a cold, but <laughs> it was pretty dead on on that moment. And I, I could have not stopped laughing <laughs> as you were doing that. Well, I mean, that's because he, he, he has kind of a quieter voice like this. Like he, he, he doesn't have a strong, you know, I'm here. I'm going to go through my speech kind of voice. He, yeah. he has a lighter voice and he talks like, you know, like that. It's definitely not Greg Capullo's voice, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah, it's not that. It's, it's more of a lighter, quieter, library librarian voice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I saw that, I heard it again. Like, oh, man, that was awesome. <laughs> and another thing, too, remember those intros where you had gary like sing those songs i forget what oh, songs yeah, they were. Uh, taylor swift song. yeah <laughs> man i just imagine anyone listening to it for like a podcast for the first time and starting that up and hearing that <laughs> so this this podcast looks interesting now i'm interested in batman and you just hear gary singing terribly yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man good times and it's, i mean it might seem like when you think about it, too, where if you know how life gets, circumstances come up, you're super busy, you might not like talking, like doing a podcast, editing a podcast, getting like, cover art ready for it, might not seem like the thing you want to do amidst, amidst, 
amongst like a, a busy schedule. But when you start, when you sit down and you record an episode, like it's almost therapeutic in a way where it makes you feel better. It gets you through those times where you're feeling down. And then even the technical aspect of editing it together and like getting the cover arts when just for me anyway, once I start doing it, it's real fun. I mean, I love putting editing stuff and putting stuff together and coming up with different uh, cover arts that would either fit the episode and the feature topic we're talking about, or just some random picture that has nothing to do with anything, especially the ones that you would send me, Dane. (laughs) funny that you click on the episode and that image is there and i'll always go back to it episode 38 your skype avatar that oh. man with the weird hair <laughs> big mustache i still have no idea who that is uh, that's i think that's always going to be our best cover art <laughs> oh, our best cover art is the titanic one. Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> I think Dustin even called me out on that. Like, why is that actually you guys using that? <laughs> really? He, he emailed you? Like, when I sent him the episode, he's like, why come you're using a Titanic cover art for that? <laughs> what did you say to him? What did I you said, say? Like, we've been on a weird Titanic <laughs> episode, so it fits. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, I, I, I didn't know he looks at those. He actually looks at those. I thought he just, okay, just put it up. Whatever. <laughs> So that one definitely stands out if you're looking at it. What the? <laughs> I think Alex even commented in the email for the next episode, like, thank goodness you guys went back to a normal Batman cover art after that Titanic one. <laughs> Which, speaking of Titanic, how awesome I can finally say Star Wars has passed Titanic and Avatar, in North America anyway, as the biggest movie of all time. Finally. <laughs> you know how long I've been waiting to say that? Since 1998, when Titanic passed A New Hope, it's taken almost 20 years, but finally Star Wars is back on top. Jeez. That's a a record. I mean, how how long is that? That's like... Yeah, it's 17 years. How many years? 17 years for another Star Wars movie to beat Titanic. And it's a fast avatar, so it had its work cut out for it. Unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to do it worldwide, but back in the mid-90s when Titanic came out, all everyone was talking about, at least from what I remember, like mag- entertainment magazines and stuff was saying how it dominated the North American box office, and that was the only total you would hear. You didn't hear too much about worldwide, so it's still a big accomplishment in my eyes for Star Wars to be number one in North America again. So. I had to get that off my chest. <laughs> curious to see how Batman v Superman will do, though. I don't think he's going to do Force Awakens numbers, but hopefully he can get pretty up there in like the top ten or something like that. Speaking of Star Wars and Batman, do you think we're going to get like say twenty years uh, from two thousand five? Uh, do Do you think we're going to get? a re-release or a special edition like Star Wars did? For what movie? Uh, the Dark Knight trilogy, okay. sorry. For a second, okay. I didn't know if you were going to think of, like, are you talking about Titanic again? No, <laughs> Is no, that going to no. get a re-release? Yeah, I think so. Or I actually hope so. If 20 years to celebrate Batman begins, re-release yeah. all three movies again, that'd be awesome. With, with, like, more people on the streets or 
more uh, or better effects. I was going to say, hopefully for, you know, kind of like the special editions, get some deleted scenes put back in there, but yeah. Chris Nolan doesn't seem like the type to do that. <laughs> it's, right, right. It's, the movie that's out there is his perfect edition of the movie, so. And do you think people are going to complain that they want the original, <laughs> the original uh, cut? Yeah, I'm sure there would be. There'd be like a like a CG in, uh, enhanced <laughs> character in Batman Begins that wasn't in there at all or something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't I don't understand that because I mean all these people that are that, that complain about Star Wars, uh the, the original cuts of of those movies, of the original trilogy. I mean like for for episode four, A New Hope alone Weren't there like eleven different cuts? Yeah, that? it's crazy how many times that movie's been tinkered with, even if it's little things. I mean, the re-release yeah. it had in nineteen eighty, I think before Empire came out, that that's where the episode four, A New Hope title, got added to it, and certain little right, things. Right. So that movie's so, been tinkered with for so long. Yeah, so so not only would you need to find, uh, you know an original copy you would have to like go through the records of your old movie theater if it's still around exactly and figure out which cut they got i know if you want the original original cut that's something you're probably not going to find anywhere yeah yeah exactly and then when you see it you probably you wouldn't remember that stuff that was changed or you realize oh man i didn't realize there was that many changes (laughs) when it was re-released in 1980 or so forth and so on but yeah, I mean, I prefer the special editions. I mean, there are a few things I wish weren't in there, but at the same time, it, I think it enhances more than it takes away, so right. I'm totally okay with them. But, I mean, part of our show in our 99 episodes, or, see, I keep referring to our past 99, even because we're recording 100 <laughs> right now. I don't know what the correct term is, if I should say 100 episodes, since we're technically still recording episode 100, but I don't know. Just say 100. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it would be easier, but... I mean, the countless times we talked about Star Wars on this show, too, has <laughs> been a great thing to discuss over the course of the history of our show. And when we started in April 2012, who would have thought then, too, that we'd be getting new Star Wars movies? And <laughs> I say episode 16, that was one of my favorite ones, too, where we got that announcement and we were talking about how excited we were for these new movies. And here we are. We've seen The Force Awakens and <laughs> we get to talk about that, too. So. I love how our show combines my two favorite fandoms in the world, and we get to talk about both of them. So that's another <laughs> reason why I love doing it so much. It's just Star Wars is as part of our history just as much as Batman is, which I think is awesome. Yeah. So now that you've seen The Force Awakens, uh, let's say you've seen it five times, right? Mm-hmm. That's about right, right? I've seen it four. Yeah, four. I will see it five times before it's out of here. I want you to remember every single sequence. Of that movie, so that in 20 years when they re-release it, you can complain. <laughs> oh man, I know the little tinkering that no one will notice, but they'll probably do for the Blu-ray. Right, I should, right. I should do a little bootleg and film it on my phone. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody noticing. I will never watch it that way. It's just for record, for you know historical purposes. <laughs> God. But J.J. seems like the Chris Nolan type director. And he said, too, there's going to be no extended cut when the Blu-ray comes out. There's going to yeah. be deleted scenes. At least he's more lenient on that because Nolan won't even put deleted scenes on there. So it would be cool to see it. But at the same time, too, I think it would be cool to get a little extended cut. Because Lucas did that 
even after the special edition, just when Phantom Menace came out on DVD for the first time, the pod race was extended a little bit, and he threw in an extra scene on Coruscant, which was cool to see. So if The Force Awakens had little things like that, I'd be all for it, but I don't think we're going to get that. Yeah, was uh, was The Phantom Menace the... F- or was it the only... Was it only on DVD, or or was there a VHS copy of that? Yeah, there was a VHS copy of it. Attack oh. of the Clones was the last Star Wars movie to come out on VHS. Wow, really? Yep. So what is that, 2003? Two. Two? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Part of me feels kind of bad I didn't get a VHS copy, even though I never would have watched it. <laughs> but just to have the collection. So Revenge of the Sith, there's no uh, VHS copy. No. <laughs> you know what? I wonder if the people at Lucasfilm think, because they know how nostalgic Star Wars fans are, if they would release, uh, by the time Episode Nine's out, if they release a nine-disc Blu-ray set, but then nine VHS set of all nine Star Wars movies for those oh. nostalgia fans out there, would it actually sell? And yeah, yeah, it would. It would. I will say I, I would, would be would. really tempted to buy it. <laughs> I think I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Tim! Don't that know. means you would have to go to like a garage sale or a thrift store and try to find an old VHS player. No, I think we still have a. You still have one? Oh yeah, VCR in the garage somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> wow, it's unbelievable. I know. <laughs> oh man, imagine that. It, it, I'm sure a lot of fans would wish, oh, if they're going to release on VHS, put the the original theatrical cuts of the original trilogy. But it'd be awesome if Lucasfilm still sticks it to them and it's still the special editions on VHS and they still can't get a copy of it. I don't understand why they want it so bad. Yeah, because like, I know like I talked about just a little bit a while ago where I don't think the special editions take away too much. They enhance, but apparently they ruin it for some other people. I really think if they go back and watch it, they'll see that the special editions are the superior versions with the cleanups they did with the visual effects. Yeah. And even some of the scenes that were added, I think add to the overall stories of star Wars. So I don't know. Of course you can't please everybody, but I think if they go back and see the original cuts, they're all most of them, not all of them. I'm sure we'll think that the special editions for the most part were an improvement, but so, so they don't want the one of 11 different cuts that they saw in the theater when that movie first came out, they want just an original cut. Yep. Yeah, that's uh, exactly how it was. They remember seeing it as kids in the theater. I mean... How do you stuff, even remember that? I know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you saw it a million times in the theaters in the hey, Maybe if you were of age, maybe if you were like 15, 16, 17, you could remember, but... I don't know. I don't like. Like, I don't remember seeing a lot of movies when I was young. Yeah, not uh, re- on repeat viewings. It was usually just once, and then it. Back when I was a kid, it would take a long time for movies to come out on VHS. And of course, when Star Wars first came out, uh, it wasn't released on VHS. They weren't around yet or popular yet, so yeah, they had to wait a long time. Which is probably why they saw it more in the theaters. But and the thing was, they did put out those original cuts in 2006 had the bonus features when they re-released the trilogy on DVD. So everyone had a chance to get it. Not a lot of people bought remember it. that. Yeah, bought it and remember <laughs> that it was released and saying how, oh, it's so impossible to get. They were out there for you to gobble up and <laughs> watch, but apparently no one did. So 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't remember movies that I saw in, when I was younger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how these people remember a movie that they saw back in the 70s, you know? Yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, the, the, only rem- the, the only movie I remember seeing when I was, when I was young was uh, my dad took me to one of the, the Nightmare on Elm Street movies Okay. as a kid. And uh, I remember uh, being scared. <laughs> I don't remember the actual movie or what number it was. I'm not looking for an original cut of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, know, I remember that rumor, too, a while ago that Batman Forever was supposed to have the director's cut of Joe Schumacher's original take on it with that uh, red diary that Bruce had and had a little more of him like yeah. mentally coming terms with him being Batman. There was that shot of that. Uh, giant bat he's staring at. I think that even made it to some of the trailers, but I'm curious. I mean, I don't think it's going to improve the movie for me, but (laughs) (laughs) I wonder if it would actually improve it a little bit. I would be curious to see it if they ever put it out. No way. It it, would have made it worse. (laughs) (laughs) You might be right on that, too. (laughs) Remember the time we tried to watch uh, Batman Batman Forever and we tried to do a commentary for it? That was... uh, That's where we came to realize it. Yeah. It raised the question, is it actually worse than Batman and Robin? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're pretty low, but... I mean, at least Batman and Robin is funny. Exactly. You can Comically get, funny. Yeah, you can enjoy yeah. it more while you're watching it because you can make fun of it and laugh at it. Yeah. Like, e- even if it's unintentional, it's still funny. Mm-hmm. You know, and Batman Forever... Joe Schumacher was trying... Trying... To, to capture that uh, Tim Burton magic, you know, whatever that was. He was still trying to, like, keep it serious, but he wanted to make it campy. Mm, had to make it lighter because everyone complained about Returns being so dark. Yeah, and he got caught in the middle, and it's it's just bad. It's so boring. Yeah, and you just... Uh, roll your eyes a lot too because Jim Carrey I think could have done a great job as the Riddler not as uh, comical and more like the Joker if he toned it back a little bit Yeah. and then Tommy Lee Jones man he would have been a perfect Harvey Dent in Two-Face but no they made him way just too out there and crazy and uh, trying to make him more even he was a little out of flamboyant. Joker flamboyant yeah flamboyant and the the problem with Jim Carrey is Jim Carrey wasn't playing the Riddler. Jim Carrey was playing Jim Carrey. You know, he he he, he wasn't. Yeah. He didn't like it. It felt like he didn't do any research for that role. He just played <laughs> himself. You know. Exactly. Yeah. Look, Jim Carrey, your cast. Who are you playing? Eh, just play yourself. <laughs> yeah, I'm playing Jim Carrey. <laughs> you know. Now that I'm thinking about it, we missed the perfect opportunity to do a whole show on Batman Forever for its 20th anniversary back in 2015. <laughs> oh man, how could we pass up? Such an important event like that. But get ready. In 2017, you can count on a Batman and Robin-centric episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because at least that was fun to watch. It's not a pain. Yeah, we'll definitely get some chuckles out there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's been a few years since I've seen try to sit through that movie again. So it'd be like watching it for the first time and laughing and rolling my eyes all over again. <laughs> Just like uh, I've yeah. never experienced it. I mean, the last time I watched Batman Forever and uh, Batman and Robin were when we did those commentaries. Mm-hmm. And uh, those never came out either. Cause we did those for 
Gotham Knights Online kind of near the end. Yeah. So, I wonder if I actually have them saved on my computer somewhere. Yeah, maybe we should release them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, so we have 2017, you have that to look forward to from us. So yeah. <laughs> maybe that'll be like episode 140, 150, something like that. But I don't know, Dane. So moving forward, I mean, like I said, we're amongst this new era of DC movies and hopefully like new Batman gaming and uh, turnaround in comics, hopefully pretty soon with Bruce coming back. But moving forward, is there anything that you're looking forward to the most besides Batman v Superman in the world of Batman that we're going to be talking about in the next hundred episodes, hopefully. Um, well, you've, you've already said it, Bruce coming back. Um, but if I had to pick one thing to be original, I would say it's going to be the telltale, uh, games, mm-hmm. Batman ga- video game. Yeah. Cause they make really, really good video games. Like I, I I've never played Minecraft, but I'm, playing their minecraft story mode and it's 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 really good they, huh. they really know how to tell the story man yeah that's good they could do a story mode for minecraft yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's it, it i mean apparently like minecraft is one of those games where it doesn't really have a story and yeah, people just make their own story um but yeah i mean the the story that they did for the, their game is really really good and you know i would recommend it yeah, it's funny because when, as everyone heard, when we were talking with Rob and Gary, I was saying how there's not a new Batman game on the horizon, but then I realized, oh, there's that Telltale game, which uh, definitely curious yeah. about. I mean, I played Back to the Future, which I really like. So if it's as good as that, and I know The Walking Dead is supposed to be great. Oh yeah, I've played both seasons, and man, they they know how to rip your heart out of your <laughs> chest. <laughs> it's- yeah, so I mean, he's impossible. See, he, he here's where Telltale really shines. It's they present you or they get you stuck in these impossible decisions that's really really hard to make. Like, oh, should should I save? Uh, I mean, like in the first episode of the first season of The Walking Dead, you can either save this reporter lady who's been kind of nice to you, or you could save this guy, this other guy, and he he he's like super super nice to you and is kind of like your friend and it's like oh man but she has a gun and you know if i don't have the gun then i can't you know defend myself and it's just one of those impossible decisions yeah that's always uh, great when games have that yeah 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 because that was something in the arkham knight dlc in the rachel ghoul mission for season of infamy it had a choice that's something not on that probably higher level is the walking dead decisions but i just liked having that moment where you had to think about your decision carefully and so if the telltale game for batman has a lot of it like that and more on an emotional level i mean what's not to look forward to <laughs> right right Making those decisions in the batman world that's ah, gonna be awesome it's stressful yeah <laughs> <laughs> but for me besides batman v superman and the whole dc extended universe i mean it's gonna be during the summer but i can't wait for our episode where we talk about the killing joke animated movie i'm hoping it's going to be an episode where we're just super pumped up and excited about how great of a job bruce tim and company did adapting that and hopefully saying how awesome mark hamill was as the joker again and kevin conroy as batman still waiting for that official announcement but i can't wait to talk about that movie that's pretty high on my list for what to look forward to in the next this year in our future episodes i can't wait uh, it's supposed to premiere at Comic Con, so 
we're still in January right now, but this year is going to fly by like that. <laughs> All the great stuff we have to look forward to. So. Are you going to go to Comic-Con to go see it? Nah, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> still not uh, ready to make the trip to Comic-Con. It's basically the dealing with the hassle of getting passes and yeah. traveling down there and knowing how crazy People. it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll just stick with Celebration in Anaheim right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's kind of the same thing, Tim. I've heard Celebration Anaheim was a little more like Comic-Con, but still not quite on that level. And like I said, I don't know how much I'll do in Comic-Con. I mean, part of it, the stuff I'd want to see, it would just have to be standing in line for a day or two. Like if I want to see the DC movie panel or the Marvel panel, that's what I have to do to stay online and then go see the killing joke and that'll be my trip at (laughs) Comic-Con. You know what they should do? They should hand out tickets or the, the, the ticker tape. Mm. You know, like if you gotta go, like that? yeah, yeah. If you gotta go like to the DMV or something, you gotta take a tag or like a take a ticker tape, and they'll call your number. Yeah, or I wonder if they'll ever do something where you purchase your pass, but I don't want to make it like you have to buy another ticket just to get into the Hall H panels, but somewhere where you can reserve your seat, like guaranteed ticket to get into Hall H and know where you're sitting, almost like a concert or a movie theater with a sign sitting something like that i'm sure it'll be a hassle to try to get uh purchase them or just sign up for them maybe you don't have to buy them you just sign up for it right away and yeah. it's a first come first serve thing so that way you can enjoy your time at comic-con and then when it's time for that panel to start you don't have to worry about getting to your seat or even getting a seat <laughs> just walk in and you know where you're gonna be at when the panel starts or you can hold the uh the the big Whatever the big panel is going to be, if it's going to be the DC pet movie panel or whatever, I'm pretty sure Petco Park is pretty close to the to the San Diego Comic Con, you know, hall or whatever. Yeah, the convention center. Yeah, the convention center. So I'm sure you can walk. Uh, I mean, just do it there. Yeah, because they had that Star Wars concert. I don't think it was at Petco, but it was in an arena, yeah. so everyone walked over there. Is there a basketball team in? Uh, in uh, San Diego? I don't think so. Oh, I was about to say, because I know a lot of basketball stadiums are... It, are it was covered. outdoors for the Star Wars concert. Oh, it was outdoors. Oh. Yeah, is that a Petco Park or wherever Maybe. the San Diego Chargers Yeah, play. that's what I was saying. Yeah. Or that'd used be, to play. That'd be a trip, though, if they had like a panel outside. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. The DC stuff or Marvel stuff on like a big screen. I think it'd have to be at night, though. So, so you can see everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. It would definitely have to be at night. Yeah. And I'm sure, like, uh, you know, Zack Snyder and Ben Affleck don't want, don't want to be sitting out there, you know, in the middle of the field. Yeah, on the heat, too, summer, especially yeah. in the summer, like you said. <laughs> yeah. See, Dan, I think we should be in charge of running Comic-Con now. Yeah, I don't understand why they didn't do that. I mean, j- just book a bigger venue. Um, Petco Park. Or... A random field inside of you. <laughs> I wonder if they'll ever be tempted to move it at another city or something. I, I, I hope not because it's San Diego Comic Con become a staple. So yeah, yeah. I mean, ha- have the main convention with the vendors and you know whoever. Keep that the same, but you know maybe move to Petco Park for the bigger stuff, so that so that way everybody can get in. Because I mean. How many seats is uh, Peco Park? Do you know? 
I don't know the exact number, but I'm sure it's got to be somewhere like 40,000. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say. And that's that's more than enough space for everybody. Mm-hmm. And then the thing, too, I wonder if a part of the thrill of going to those panels is even if you're in the back, you can maybe still see a little bit. Because I'm not sure how big Hall H is from never being in there. But if you still get that feeling of, you know, I'm in the same room with like Ben Affleck, Black Snyder, Henry Cavill. There's, I could see him clearly, and it's cool to be in the same room with them. Whether you're at a stadium, you don't get that, and you're just watching it on a big screen from like the high bleacher seats or something. It feels they'll get that feeling. So maybe that's something they want to keep. But if you right, want to get right. more people in there just to experience, like to see the new footage and stuff, then yeah, <laughs> if it's close by, that might be a good way to go. Yeah, I guess. But you can also tell yourself I'm in the same stadium as Ben Affleck. <laughs> yeah, it's not right? the same as same room, though. <laughs> I guess. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's been great talking about past 100 episodes we've done so far and just looking forward to the next 100, hopefully, or whatever amount we end up going to. And oh, yeah, another note I wanted to bring up, Dane, just so we know our first episode that has our Dark Knight Rises minute by minute commentary, episode 43. So. Even like before we made it like halfway to episode 100, episode 50, we've been doing those commentaries and we're still going strong. <laughs> good, good, because we need to finish this. I mean, this is my life's work. Yeah. Uh, this this minute by minute commentary. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should just say this podcast is gonna go on as until we finished the commentary at least, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the way to the end of the credits. Yeah. We're not You're gonna cut it off. Else to talk credits. about, we're just gonna be doing podcasts with yeah. the commentary. <laughs> so you have that to look forward to yes we do but of course our episode wouldn't be complete if we did not hear from alex i mean we can't do a one episode (laughs) special without alex's email so we'll go ahead and get that um do you have an open day yes i do okay he says happy 100 fellas thanks for 100 great episodes i'm so glad you guys remain so dedicated to this podcast I won't get sappy on you guys, but I will say that whenever a new episode of your podcast pops up, it immediately brightens my day. I hope you guys had a lot of fun making these episodes, because I sure had a lot of fun listening to them. Well, thank you, Alex. I mean, it always makes us feel good when we hear comments like that, and I'm so glad that uh, you appreciate it and it brightens your day. That means a lot just to hear you say that. So you're welcome, and thank you for just being part of the show also. That's yeah. I have a whole section of the show dedicated to you. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and your your emails brighten up our day too. Definitely, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we'll get to it later, but the questions you had for this one, I had to think about <laughs> for a while actually. So, that's what's great about getting emails from Alex. Those questions that make you think, but at the same time, you have fun thinking about and talking about when you finally decide on your answer. <laughs> but he continues. All right, back to basics. In regards to favorite moments in the world of Batman, for me, it definitely has to be the BVS trailers. I rarely watch movie trailers, but when I do, I only watch them once and I move on. As good as the Star Wars trailers were, I only cared to watch them once. With the BVS trailers, I couldn't get enough of them. No matter how many problems I might have had, I love the trailers, and I've watched them over and over. To be frank, I'm not expecting a masterful film. I think Henry Cavill's performance has been wooden in the trailers, I think that the the depiction of Lex is ridiculous, and I think Doomsday looks silly. But Batman. Batman looks so darn good. My favorite Batman is 80s Frank Miller Batman, and I'm hoping this emulates that character. Speaking of which, thanks for the Dark Knight 3 reviews, Tim. Well, you're welcome, Alex. 
I thought the Dark Knight Returns story was done over was done and over with, but maybe I should give it a shot. The reason why I liked Dark Knight Returns so much wasn't so much the story, but it was an introspective look inside Batman's head. As much as I love Danny O'Neill and Steve Englehart, I feel like Miller solidified Batman a distinct character among fictional characters in that run, not just superheroes. I was kidding about the emo stuff. I love Batman as the fractured individual that uses his pain as a motivation to help. Not only civilians, but criminals that represent the various dark paths. Bruce Wayne could have taken after witnessing his parents' death. I, let me read that again. <laughs> criminals that represent the various dark, darker paths that Bruce Wayne could have taken after witnessing his parents' death. I admire that he can immerse himself in so much chaos and not crack under such pressure on his psyche. Totally. I mean, <laughs> you nailed what I love about Batman right there. So glad you were just kidding on that emo stuff. Because just, as I said before, I just hate that word emo. <laughs> I don't want to associate it with Batman. And now for his questions for this one. Uh, this one is, yeah, he says, what single word would you, you use to describe the following characters? And he has a list of a different heroes and villains from both Marvel and DC. And to make sure I remembered <laughs> which ones I thought of when I had to think about one word to describe these characters, which is hard to do for just using one word, but I did come up with some. So I'll read the character's name off and then I'll go ahead and give my answer. For Batman, the word one word I would use would be perfect. For Nightwing, cool. Superman, legendary. Rachel Ghoul, megalomaniac. Joker, evil. Bane, brutal. Lex Luthor, manipulative. Wonder Woman, warrior. Wolverine, loner. Captain America, inspirational. Spider-Man, hilarious. And Thor, I say overrated. <laughs> I've never been a big Thor fan, and it wasn't until the movies till I actually took a liking to the character. But in comics and even on animated series, I never got into Thor. So thankfully, it's for the movies that I don't absolutely hate him, but I do think he is a bit overrated. So, Dane, did you have a chance to think of <laughs> for all of Alex's <laughs> list or a few? Alex has got me beaten. Uh, <laughs> Batman, definitely, I'll agree with you, perfect. Nightwing, slightly less perfect than Batman, <laughs> but still pretty good. Uh, Superman, I'd say overrated. Wow. Uh, Raish, I'll, I will say old. Uh, jo <laughs> Joker, I will say, uh, what should I say for Joker? Uh, perfect. Uh, perfect villain. Um Bane, I will say, uh, spandex. <laughs> <laughs> Good choice. Lex Luthor, I will say, bald. Wonder <laughs> Woman, I will say, uh, lasso. <laughs> <laughs> For Wolverine, I will say, Harry. I thought uh, you were going to go Claws, but Harry's a good one, too. <laughs> Captain America, I will say, uh, it's two words, but I'm going to combine it into one. Uh, and you know what? I'll change my mind. Captain America, I will say boring. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man, I'll say uh, irritating. Oh, uh, <laughs> you're hurting me with these choices, Dane, right now. <laughs> or I will say... Uh, what should I say about Thor? 
Uh, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> one word, though. One yeah, word. Instead of one word, one punctuation. Yeah. Question mark. <laughs> or, sorry, don't know. You and then. There you go. Uh, you find Spider Man irritating, Dane? That hurts me. <laughs> yeah. It's like. Yeah. I mean, especially the Tobey Maguire one where he was like fly, like fighting Doc Ock or whatever, and he's jumping around. He's like he has his running commentary. Uh, it's like, well, oh, man. if you were a villain, yeah, he definitely would be irritating to you because the jokes he spouts off, <laughs> and that's part of his uh, way to help defeat the villains. He irritates them. So, <laughs> I guess you're a Spider-Man villain, Dane. I guess so. <laughs> but um, Alex uh, continues on uh, with his email with a final batch of questions. Um, he says, if you could pick any fictional character to be Batman's partner, who would you choose? Or would you rather that Batman remain the solo character? Thanks, Owen and gentlemen. Man, I, I'm having trouble reading today. <laughs> Thanks, and oh, gentlemen, it's been an honor. Well, Alex, it's been an honor reading your emails as well. As, as long as I can read them. As obviously, I'm having a difficult time doing with this one. But um, for your Batman question... I would love to see him. I said it before. I'd love to see him partner with Wolverine with the history and the training that those both both of those two characters had. I'd love to see that in a story. And one day is plausible, but one that will not be plausible and probably will never happen. Well, I shouldn't say never. If Batman could team up with the Ninja Turtles, anything can happen. <laughs> so I would love it if in the Star Wars universe he could team up with Obi-Wan. I think those characters would have a mutual respect for each other, even though they'll go about things differently. And I'd love to see the contrast with them working on a mission with Batman being the darker character and as Obi-Wan being known as the negotiator. I would love to see them play out in a mission that they'd have to get through together. That would be really cool. So other than Wolverine, that would be my pick, even though it'll probably never happen. But what about you, Dane? You took mine. Uh, <laughs> Obi-Wan. I was about to say Obi-Wan. I should have stopped that Wolverine, but I didn't want to give the same answer again. Okay, maybe I'll say... Older Luke from uh, The Force Awakens. Okay. <laughs> there you go. They both will be very quiet. They won't talk yeah. much. <laughs> but it, I mean, even then, uh, I think I'd rather see him alone. You know? Yeah, see, Batman's great on his own, but I love the characters of Robin, so I can't say I would rather see him alone. Because even as a kid, I always loved him when it'd be Batman and Robin. This Especially when it's Dick Grayson, I just love that partnership that both of them have. So I can't. I have to say I prefer when he has a partner. Even though I love stories where it's just Batman, it's always great when there's a good balance because there's stories and moments where Batman works better as alone and no other characters involved, and when he does work with a Robin. Which again is just another reason why Batman animated series is so awesome because they struck that balance perfectly with episodes, especially when it first started off when. It was mainly just Batman, and it'd kind of be a treat when you see Robin in there because he wasn't in it a whole lot until later on. So that's, again, another reason why it's my favorite adaption of Batman. It perfectly got the balance between Batman working alone and with Robin. But anyway, thanks again, Alex, for your email. Glad you were able to send one and be a part of our 100th episode special. And we'll look forward to 100 more <laughs> emails as we get to episode 200. But um, we also got a few messages that I wanted to share from uh, Terrence and PJ. Um, Terrence sends a quick message saying, best of luck and congratulations on reaching 100. I look forward to hearing the podcast and the next 100 as well. Well, thanks, Terrence. And it was great to have you be a part of the episode. 
kind of in the middle of its run of the first uh, 100 episodes. And for your first, uh, you're the first one to review us on iTunes too. So <laughs> that's appreciated also now that we're up to 14. And then PJ sends a message saying, one of the biggest regrets I have about being away busier these days is not getting to chat the bat with you guys anymore. But glad to see that the podcast is still going strong 100 episodes later. The world of theater is so fickle that I'm sure I'll be majorly unemployed one day, at which point you can count on me most definitely. Enjoy the show and keep the bat fan signal shining brightly in the sky. Hope to chat with you guys again someday, Peach. Well, PJ, great to hear from you, first of all. <laughs> it's definitely been a while and definitely had some great episodes chatting with you. But as I hate to say this, but and hopefully it never happens. If you are unemployed, it will be great to have you <laughs> chat back with you again. So, but don't want to wish unemployment on you. Glad things are going good for you in the theater world. So, yeah, I totally forgot he used to say that. Chat, chat the bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounded way, way funnier and way, way better when he said it because he has the British accent. Yep. But <laughs> <laughs> totally. I totally forgot about that. So yeah, it's great to hear from you guys. And as you heard earlier in the episode, great to chat with Gary and Rob again. So get a chance to have all the mainstay co-hosts on here was great but um before we wrap up one thing i wanted to do is just say thanks to everyone else we've had on the show the, all the guests we've had on here and i didn't want to forget anybody so <laughs> i went through all 99 of our episodes in the episode descriptions to see to see who we've had on the show and wrote them down because i wanted to make sure i got everyone on here so here we go i'm going to read off the list of all the guests that we've had on Brian Cross, of course, from The Cross Show. He was our first guest on the Dark Knight Rises special and has been on a few episodes since then. And then Bob Tilly, of course, from Gotham Knights Online. And really, we wouldn't be at episode 100 if it wasn't for Bob <laughs> for getting us together on Gotham Knights Online and then all doing the podcast there and just kind of starting off from you and me, Dane, and Gary at first, but for you and me continuing on, it's really <laughs> getting to know Bob through Gotham Knights Online and knowing each other through there. So, Bob, I dedicate episode 100 to you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Then we had Laura Rose on, who's uh, making a name for herself on social media and Twitter, which is cool. And then Joe from the Batman Universe comic podcast, where, I don't know if you remember, Dane, I think that was our longest episode yet. <laughs> we were talking about that uh, with Rob and Gary and that one was where we had to review all those villain comics and <laughs> Joker's monkey issue oh, yeah. and all that. It right. just went on and on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and then Mike from the Flashback podcast, which was a, a podcast that covers all the Flash comics, which is cool. And then Corbin, of course, who um, emailed us and got him on the show, which was fun. Haven't heard from Corbin in a while, so hopefully starting soon we can hear from you again, Corbin. And then Andy from the Flash podcast, where we talked to the state of the DC movies. Andy does a great job covering the DC TV universe with running several podcasts. Of course, the Flash podcast being his main one, but he's setting up pretty much a great DC TV podcast network and runs that. So it was cool to have Andy on. And then Mark, of course, who started off just by sending us email and that topic we've had for a great uh, first issues to start off with if you wanted to begin reading Batman comics. So it was cool to have him on and most recently talking about The Force Awakens. And then our most recent guest that we've had on was Josh Paul, who brought up the intriguing topic of was it time for Scott Snyder to leave Batman? 
that created a great discussion and debate for two episodes where you and me talked about it and then we got a chance for Josh to chime in and he's been on a few episodes. So it's been cool chatting with Josh. And then finally, the interview we have with Brady Roberts, who uh, was doing those Nightwing fan films, who actually just this week put out the sequel to it, which was uh, Nightwing The Darker Night, which was, or The Darkest Night, I believe, um, which I checked out. And it was actually really cool. It was it lived up as far as what he created in the first uh, season that he did of his uh, webisodes for Nightwing. And a different take on Batman, which was definitely interesting. So... And you should check it out to see how it explores the relationship between Batman and Nightwing in the story. So it was definitely cool to talk to him about Nightwing and Green Lantern stuff in DC. So thanks to all the guests we've had on, and it's been fun talking to you guys. And I also want to thank all the listeners who've decided to download the show and check it out. Even if you just downloaded one and decided not to <laughs> carry on with it, uh, thank you for checking it out. And for those who stuck with us from episode one to episode 100, you have my utmost thanks for sticking with us. And it's great to when we hear feedback from different listeners and get to know them like Mark Corbin and uh, Mike, who unfortunately we haven't heard from in a long time. I know, like we said at the beginning, busy schedules sometimes get in the way, but it's been great interacting with so many people through this podcast. So can't thank you enough. Yeah. So, I mean, thanks for everything i mean we wouldn't be here if nobody listened to or maybe we would be here if nobody listened to us <laughs> maybe <probably. laughs> <laughs> i mean if it was just for like us maybe we'd still be doing it but people listening to it makes it so much more rewarding and so much so much better and uh yeah thank you yeah, it's been a great ride so far, and I can't wait to see where we go from here. So um, that's going to wrap up our 100th episode special. Uh, we're just going to keep it as talking about uh, what we've gone through, what we liked, and what we've experienced through the course of this podcast. So we're not going to do any comic reviews or any news stories. We'll save that for our next episode. And just a little preview, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Batman issue number two phenomenal so i can't wait to talk about that one in the next one you're you're possibly the only person that's excited about that too <laughs> i hope i'm not because it's a really great story and this great I, well, I shouldn't say great story just yet but it's just a great fun read as a fan of both franchises so it's getting great reviews too and i think it deserves all the praise it's getting so okay <laughs> definitely check those out <laughs> But, oh, uh, yeah, that's going to do it. Uh, do you want to do our normal outro, Dane? You can do it, or at least the, the major information. <laughs> it just wouldn't be the same if you don't do it, but I'll carry on. Okay, okay, I'll do it. Okay, great. <laughs> We've done it for 100 episodes. you got to do it for ah, okay. the 100th episode. All right, all right, I heard you. <laughs> oh, but, but what you should have done was you should have... Um, did a count of how many emails Alex has sent. I see. I want to say a hundred for a hundred episodes, but I know he didn't do it right away because we didn't get the email set up till uh, Terrence came on. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know what? You guys should have an email address. So yeah. <laughs> got to give props for Terrence on that also. But. Right. Uh, but yeah, just go over to BatmanUniverse.net, Facebook.com/slash/BatmanUniverse, or on Twitter. Twitter handles at BatmanUniverse. You can follow Tim and I on Twitter. Tim's Twitter handle is at TimG311. Hoping and for episode my... 100, you'd say. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. 
at timg311. Thank you, Dane. That means a lot. <laughs> <laughs> and my Twitter handle is at datesensbanano. Um, our show's Twitter handle is at batfanspodcast. Uh, and you can email the show like Alex just did, or that we just mentioned. Uh, and you can email the show at batfanswithoutpants at gmail.com. You can also rate and review us on iTunes, um, so please do that. And I guess with that, I guess we got to say we love you. We love everybody that listens to this podcast. And just remember, if you ever feel alone in this life, Tim and I care about you. Right, Tim? Yes. You have 100 episodes now to hear how much we love you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So we love you, and we'll see you next time. See you in the next 100 episodes, everybody. (laughs) 